And we're back. I'm James. This is the Grizz Fan Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Mike. And I'm Brent. I'm James. All right. Yes, you are, James. How's it going today? Good. Hey, how'd your uh, minor league baseball season wrap up? Good. Yeah? What was your record? Eight and one. Do you, think, do you think that all the teams you guys beat also thought that they won? Probably. <laughs> but you can count, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's J- a very good point. James, is it coach pitch or is it player pitch? Coach. Coach pitch? Does the other team give signals when they know what the coach is going to throw? Fastball, curveball? No. Okay. So they're not the Houston Astros? <laughs> No banging on drums. They're not They're cheating. Not hitting trash cans or anything. <laughs> it's part of, don't worry, James. Just know this. It's part of the game. <laughs> you know, James so, is very familiar with uh, the Tom Brady and the Patriots cheating scandal. So boop. we'll get him up to date on the Astros <laughs> scandal, too. I've quarantine's been the, hard. I've never saw the Astros cheat. Hey, Ghost of Vet just have a, has a quarantine. Yeah. So James, oh, over the summer with you know less camps going on and stuff like that has started watching ghost related shows on the travel channel nice like haunted history ghost hunters adventures have you seen ghostbusters yet yeah why don't you tell in the microphone why you don't like that movie because it's scary well i thought you were gonna say because it's fake (laughs) and it's also fake (laughs) We need to recast it with a bunch of women. <laughs> I think he's seen that one. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Hey, anything else to add, bud? Nothing. All right. Maybe. Hey, thanks for doing On Travel it. Channel, there's a new show called The Obzons Want to Believe and Believe Us. <laughs> so I'm winning Parent of the Year for letting my seven-year-old have a birthday. How many books you read, James? <laughs> Does Dad force you to read? <laughs> No, that's a solid no, no I'm getting. <laughs> hey, living his he best asked life. for a bookshelf last night. We're going to get him a bookshelf in his room. Books. He's got 17, 17 books, books, Luke. Okay, okay. Age I'd like two. <laughs> oh, 15 yeah, somewhere in there. So we are, as you can hear in the background, we are live together for the first time in months. Feels good. Since, like... The the winter. Yeah, I think like, I feel like, like it's been a bit. I can't remember how many we how many weeks we've taken off. We've done a few before the basketball season ended. So yeah, yeah, we did. We did a couple. So March sometime. We are uh, we're recording on my back patio, so you're going to hear some um, outside noise. Apparently, there's a traffic chase going on, so the helicopter's up there. <laughs> no, this isn't Los Angeles. I don't know what that <laughs> helicopter's doing. <laughs> yep, the airplanes will fly over in a little bit. Um, Might get a dog barking here and there. Yep, the dog's going to bark. Pod dog is roaming in and out, and who knows? So, what have you guys been doing since I uh, saw you last? Well, my hair sprinkler is running. Sprinklers, maybe. Um, good call. Good Perfect. call. <laughs> yep. we come about an hour Man, I don't know. We've been we've been camping a lot. I've been trying to get out. Nice. Can you go and get him away from watching Ghost Ghost Hunters? <laughs> Ghost Hunters. <laughs> Seventy. No. James, give us a st- statistic Ten about Ten times ghosts. this year, 73 times in my life. Is that camping? Camping? I think so. It might be 84. 73 to 84? Seems reasonable. That's your margin of error? Who knows? Oh, nine. <laughs> okay. 11, I mean. I got Wrong nothing. Yeah. Camping. 
Grant, what have you been up to? Oh, man. I've been uh, playing some golf. And, uh, you know, I think it's funny. Mike and I, as real estate agents, uh, Western Montana has seen this influx of uh, people wanting to move here. So it's it's been, uh, you know, professionally, I think for the two of us, it's been a busy summer. If you want to do virtual tours, we uh, we could do that. <laughs> Did it tell you? Uh, it's a better time to sell. Better time to sell. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I wrote an offer on a nice condo this weekend. <laughs> Somebody who might be sitting at this table, and Luke, I'm going to give you a hint. It's not you. <laughs> I don't remember doing anything. Screwed me over. Pick, pick the other offer. You it's know, fine. It's fine. But three weeks earlier, I wrote an offer on a very nice house up Grant Creek. But that somebody was, you know, wanting to give it some more time, and then, you know, my people were unable to. How would know, you continue? Guys, how would you guys characterize <laughs> the difference in styles? <laughs> We should we're, say that we are doing actually, a deal together we, right now. So. We, we've had we're like we're 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 you know it's a good MLB average. We're yep. we're batting three 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 right now when it comes to putting deals together. So, so. basically, we both got to tell the other one no in the last two months, and uh, we put one together. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Do you guys have like beer bets on this? We should. No, we really should. <laughs> it's such an interesting time to be in real estate. I mean, it. Yeah. So I was. Um, this is going to relate to the pod a little bit. I was in Augusta on the eastern side of the Rocky Mountain front a handful of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, my girlfriend and I were looking at places in which to explore. So uh, stopped outside the Forest Service station looking at the maps. And this really friendly, uh, uh, I guess, ranger. I don't know. Or no, he was a, he was a fire guy, wildland fire guy. Uh-huh. Kevin Twight was his name. Uh, he came over and was super helpful. All right. But he was talking about how there were people staying in the Augusta campground, and they were going to stay there until a house came for sale in Augusta, and they were just <laughs> going to buy it up. They're like, "We are sick of the city. We're like, coming here. The COVID diaspora of the summer of 2020." So I could see how this would be a good time to sell. So it's interesting because right now it's still anecdotal. Like there's no, like we can't point to something and say there are more people coming from out of state, you know, than prior. Because something might surprise people since 2013, something like 53% of all houses sold in Missoula County were sold to people coming from out of state. So Mm -hmm. it's not like it's a new phenomenon, Mm -hmm. but it certainly feels like it's been an uptick. Do you guys want to hear a fun story about Kevin Twight? Let's hear it. He's a Grizz fan pod listener. Oh, right. <laughs> Man, we're starting to get a few of those. So he saw the Missoula plates and, you know, where are you from? And then we started cho- talking shop about whether there's going to be a Grizz football season. He's like, yeah, I check the message boards every day. And I was like, you on eGrizz? And he's like, yeah, every day. And I was like, are you familiar with this prolific poster, uh, Brent Wahlberg? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, dude, I listen to his podcast. <laughs> Did you own it? Were you like, hey, I'm on it too? I was like, hey, yeah, that's cool. Like, we technically invited him to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Luke. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, thanks for listening, man. And he's like, yeah, one of our, uh, one of the guys I work with is an MSU fan. So, you know, we go back and forth on Cat Grizz stuff. But um, anyway, I thought it was kind of cool. It's kind of fun. The longer we've been doing this, the more that we kind of have these stories where we randomly run into people. Or like Brent and I will be at a meeting and hear somebody randomly whose husband in Billings or Great Falls is listening to the pod and has comments for us. It's, you know, 
Kind of fun. Random Facebook message follow-ups, like you have a Facebook message request. from like, you know, two episodes back, Luke was talking about this. And <laughs> I wanted to point out, I know this family, and they said, you know, something. So, yeah, it's it amazing. Up. It's a small world. I feel like there's another good story on that front, but I can't think of it right now. Maybe it'll come to me. <laughs> what have you been up to? I mean, you were in the yak. I've been camping, too. One visited the parents, you know, did some, uh, you know, small work for them. But, yeah, the yak is interesting. It's way out in the middle of nowhere, uh, but fun, pretty. There's yeah. more uh, lumber there than I've ever seen in my life. All right, just all right. thousands of miles of lumber. Not fans of the Endangered Species Act up there. The reason why there's so much lumber is because of that dastardly spotted owl. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I actually met a really nice guy up there. Not a Grizz fan pod listener. A guy named George Lacey <laughs> hooked me up with some firewood. Um, but yeah, he was like, ah, there's 10,000 grizzlies up here. We got to start shooting them. Like I lost my, my lumber job. My, my, he was a logger to the spotted owl, but he's a good dude. Anyway, it was fun. It's fun country. I recommend everyone visits. (laughs) It's a pretty drive at least if you're not going to camp. All right. Yeah. Good to know. Good much camping. Yeah. Brent's been doing some camping too, actually. Like three times, yeah. Hey, we that counts. We got a tent. It'll be the old Coleman Weathermaster ten. Nice. Barely fits five people. That's great. No, but it's been fun. It's 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 good to get out. But it is camping is it's tough to find spots in it's certain areas. It is packed. Like unless you have reservations or you're going way off the beaten path, you better be looking like Wednesday night and Thursday. It's crazy. Yeah. But I if if ever I was convinced Montanans are blessed for our public access and oh. public land laws. Like this is it, man. You can oh, see yeah. some remarkable places uh, open to the public. Love oh yeah, it. yeah. My sister um, obviously grew up in Montana and you know was from here, and but she's now a citizen of Washington D.C. Um, my dad likes to point out that she does not have a senator or a vote. And well, anyway, sorry, I digress. <laughs> um, but uh, she. Uh, actually flew up and spent about four weeks up here and she quarantined in my brother's basement had got a covid test came up, came back clean and then kind of just worked remotely but um she was just talking about the little things like even being able to sit out on their porch or you know go sit on my parents back patio or like she drove up to our camping spot one day and like we had a fire and stuff like that and it's just like it's not an option, you know. <laughs> that is, you can't just start a fire the, in DC. Yeah, that is that that those abilities to like socially distance but still go out. I mean, yeah. we, we are lucky to live here. Yeah. Yeah. We are, we are. Man, I also have Brent's uh, um, hand-me-down golf clubs. He's letting me borrow. They're in the garage right now. I've okay. golfed twice this summer. Um, I've had one good hole, I think. Yeah, it doesn't get any better, man. No, that's what I've been told. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got to golf with you once, though, Mike. It was fun. It was yeah, a good time. Yeah, I had a great time. No complaints. Oh, you know, I could complain. I like golf carts, and they wanted to walk the course. What? I know. We're at the university. You know, it's an easy, it's an easy walk. Nah, it was like 85 degrees. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Hey, um, let's talk some football. Why? There's not going to be... I'm just there, There's Sorry. no football. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Let's keep talking about golf. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about golf. <laughs> this is a golf 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 yes. right? They're, they've had majors. They're, they just finished one. The first one, the PGA. What's the guy who won? Colin Morikawa. Long shot, right? Uh, no one really even knew much about the kid. 
Yeah, he's 24. My bud, my buddy oh, Rob. 24 and he won the PGA Championship? Yeah. My buddy Rob Miller uh, put a $2 bet on him to win. Really? Yeah. I think it paid off 66 bucks. Or nice. Something. something tells me your buddy Rob Miller and the Rob Miller Britain I know are different Rob Millers. <laughs> Is your it's Rob Miller from Shelby, Montana? No. Okay. Different <laughs> Rob Miller. <laughs> <laughs> but he is a fan so. of the pod. Yeah, yeah. he is a fan Shout of the pod. Shout out, Rob. Yeah, that was uh, that was fun. Um, it was because there was like something like ten guys within a shot of first place on the back nine uh, Sunday afternoon, and it was uh, but Morikawa on a drivable par four hit the ball within like eight feet on his drive, and the crazy thing, like, and it's just. It's the nature of what it is now. There's no crowds. There's no fans. So he didn't know he hit a good. Sh- he did, he knew he hit a good shot, but he didn't know how good because you don't hear the roar of the crowd. So he gets up and he taps in an eagle, takes a two-stroke lead, and rides it to the win. Oh, it was it it was. I mean, you know, it was an incredible, incredible shot. It's so. interesting to think what this does psychologically down the stretch because if you're playing a hole and and the group in front of you or behind you does something awesome. And you can hear the crowd cheer for, you know, your opponent. You're in the chase. It does something psychological to you. But you never know now, right? You're just in a vacuum. Nope. Yeah. So It's interesting, you know, watching baseball without fans. It's been interesting, but it hasn't really – I've actually kind of enjoyed it because you can hear the players a little bit more, and then the networks are kind of dubbing in other stuff and whatever. I think that some of the teams have gotten creative with their cardboard guys behind uh, home plate. (laughs) You know, um, some good stuff there. I really am curious as to what the NFL is going to be like with no fans. I mean, they're going to have to, like, not have the field-level microphones. No. Because we'll really understand how violent the yeah, sport is. how violent it is, how terrible the things they say to each other are, and those O-line, D-line <laughs> scrums. Like, well, that was – so, I mean, you circle back to the golf. There was a uh, player, Justin Thomas, who's, like, one of the best golfers in the planet right now, and he, like – Misses a putt, and it's still. I think it was still when ESPN was carrying it, and he just like, like any golfer, just let out a good string of obscenities, and it was like right there on ESPN. Of course, Scott Van Pelt's like, and he's just like, well, <laughs> just let it ride. <laughs> it's in, COVID. We gotta let this stuff yeah, go. Let in go. football. It'll be like, well, ladies and gentlemen, that was his femur snapping. <laughs> <laughs> that sound you heard. Let's play it back. <laughs> yeah, right there. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I would love it because I've always wanted a mic'd up version of the NFL, like an extra, like pay an extra thousand dollars and you can hear the mic'd up players, like everything, like live stream. Like I don't care about profanity. Like I want to hear. Want to hear. Yeah. 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 The the players union would never agree. Like coaches would probably freak out too. Coaches like, would freak out. Stuff, but but still oh my gosh, I'd love to hear the shit talk. Oh man, it'd be so great. Yeah. Oh. oh. Be like a playback or something like you could edit out the stuff the coaches are worried about with audibles or yeah i don't know oh good call post snap like yeah who knows well so we're heading into a fall with it's gonna be weird an unknown frontier in front of us i mean we the only thing we know is no football washington grizzly this fall i mean i guess technically Kent haslam said they have no plans to play home right. non-conference games. What is the route to getting a non-conference game in Walgreens? I mean, at this point, anything this fall is like an exhibition game. Sure. So, but what I don't it, know. Like, let's say NDSU wants to play an exhibition game. No, I mean, it would be an exhibition. They, they could play their three non-conference games in the fall or in the spring or in a combination. Yep. 
basically give them flexibility. But most teams have been saying, no, we're not doing it. The right. only teams that have not come out and said no are teams that had teams on their schedule who hadn't canceled yet. So they were still hoping for the money game. Yeah. But like, like we learned today, like Idaho was still hoping to play two Mountain West games, I think, right? Or Idaho and Idaho State. But the Mountain West pulled the plug today. So they're out. But yeah. So the Grizz are going to have to find a team willing to travel to Missoula to play an exhibition game. Could we sell tickets to that game? I mean, in theory, yes. But in reality, no. I mean, I guess if the school had a big plan to you know, keep X fans per section and have them socially distanced and the health department was okay with it, like in theory, everything is still like you know, allowable, but it just, it's not going to happen. And, and if they can't sell tickets, they can't pay somebody to come, you know, like who would, who would want to come pay for free? Could, what would the TV look like? Could you broadcast it? And would that be a route to making it financially uh, yeah. viable? I mean, like, a, I think, like a pay-per-view or something. I think, and it's like, granted, I didn't listen to every piece of the, the, the uh, press conference so they may have come out more emphatically but the quote from kent haslam that i heard really he said we are not intending we have no plans to play any non-conference games in washington grizzly stadium this fall which i think everybody took to mean we're done did he say i think that was basically the gist of it yeah Yeah, and it's like that probably means we're not playing this fall but you know you can't tell me that if somebody came up with an idea and said hey montana and north dakota state Let's play each other non-conference on some neutral site that's easy to get to and sell it on pay-per-view. You know? I, I think it would work because I know the TV rights, like, I know the TV makes money. It doesn't rely, the TV doesn't rely on anyone being in the stands. You know what I mean? Like, uh, my my sister works at ABC Fox she's like, oh, yeah, any game that Root Sports doesn't pick up, we would pick up, like, if we then could win the bid. And hound Britt and I for ads. Because <laughs> sucker realtors was <laughs> 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 trying to outdo one another yeah. on a bid. Yeah. Well, uh, but, Jeff Choate had an idea today in oh, his press conference. Let's hear it. <clears throat> uh, if we want to make some money, and we're talking about the almighty dollar, I've got a great idea. We go to Butte. We've got 1,000 tickets for the Cats, 1,000 tickets for the Grizz. We charge a $10,000 a piece for those tickets. Winner takes all. No 50-50 split. Winner takes all. Obviously, yeah, kind of joking. Yeah. <laughs> like a boxing thing? Like a 70-30? Bou- like yeah. like no, even the loser makes it's, money in the boxing. That's where, it's like, that's where I say, like, I'm sure that the answer is no. But the, UM and so many other programs are so strapped for money right now. That if there if an opportunity presented itself, even if no fans were involved, in person where they could somehow turn a profit and make sure that everybody was safe, they would try and look into it. I mean, even if it was like a neutral site, right? Yeah. Like like Montana plays South Dakota State, North Dakota State, somebody, you know, mm-hmm. um, and we we find a spot that's and, and we we put in some protocol. You prep for two weeks, you test, then you play the game. And we put it on TV, and you got and you got to pay. Do do you guys think whatever you could sell a thousand tickets for ten thousand dollars a piece? <sighs> I don't know. Do you know I how much money? It. That sounds like a that's a lot. Do you know how I much mean, money that is? No, that's more than like most Super Bowl tickets, that's, right? That's a so if you sold 
two thousand tickets at ten thousand ten thousand dollars a piece. That's twenty million dollars. <laughs> With that amount of money, you could you could do all the testing protocol, yeah. right? Like yeah. you you could fly to uh, the University of Michigan and play in that giant fucking stinking stadium. <laughs> So the, I mean, the reality is, it's like I bet both programs could sell. But I mean, if you did like twenty a, tickets like that, now if they were a more realistic number, like I bet they could sell them at a thousand a pop. That's what I was thinking. I was like five hundred to a thousand. I think you could find a thousand fans from each fan base that would do so it. That's when two we were million. texting last week, you know, I said, you know, if if UM could have found a way to get five thousand people in the stadium, but say that those five thousand tickets are, you know. <clears throat> 250 bucks you know i mean that that overcomes some things and it's like i think because it's a scarcity i bet they could do it it's not like we're gonna say like you can charge 250 bucks for six home games but this fall which is why i also think that it's the rare time where maybe an fcs pay-per-view could actually work sure i like to imagine what happens if if a pay-per-view system works for the fcs Uh like going forward they're like wow why don't we do this for everything? Yeah. And you could flip it around though and say who's not going to like if a, if if pay-per-view works good for Montana Montana State, you know who's not going to like it? The other 11 teams in our conference who make TV money off a crappy root deal when none of their teams are on it except for when they're in one of our two stadiums for the most part. No. I mean, now obviously would the conference have a say? Probably not, but yeah. It, it's an interesting thing moving forward. I think it could Potentially cause some trouble, too. No, am I accurate? And, and this could be a rumor I've heard, and you might know and you might not know, but I've heard as part of the root contract, UM and MSU have made it very clear, like, the the TV money related to the Cat Grizz game doesn't get shared with the conference. Have you heard that before? I haven't, but I, I mean... I'd I'm be a- really annoyed if that does, because they were selling it on their own beforehand. Yeah, I don't know, because, I mean, I think about all the other things... You flip it to the basketball side. If you make the tournament and you win a game as a basketball team, your your purse for like the next three years mm-hmm. or two years or something, you have a residual that keeps coming back to you as a school. And I know on the basketball side, that's shared across the whole conference, regardless of if it's Montana or Weber or anybody else. So um, I don't know. I've just always heard that there's virtually no money in the root de- deal. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. That it's exposure. Yeah, that's yeah. It's basically like they're paying for advertising, which you know what? That's it's fine. A, I, I mean, I'm good with that. Like, yeah, but it, I mean the the pay per view route would be interesting. And I, I think honestly, I don't know. I I mean, you might make more money if you like even did something where you like Grizz Cat. You name it. If it's I mean wherever. In one of the stadium, or, or you know, in a stadium somewhere, so and we're going to broadcast it, and it's nineteen ninety five, twenty nine ninety five. I mean, I think. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think you you'd have millions that See, are probably too. Well, many. imagine. Okay, sorry, I interrupted. No, you, go Michael. for it. But if you could get a million dollars out of the uh, ticket sales, five thousand people, two hundred and fifty dollars a piece mm-hmm. is. 1.25 million plus the pay-per-view that's two, the 1.25 million it my understanding is that would equal the net of two home games but that doesn't factor in the cost of running the show right so sure but i mean but even then anything helps because higher ed is 
it has their back to a wall. It's a, you know. And I mean, that's like if you come to the athletic department and say we've got an idea, maybe maybe just a one-time thing or or two or I guess as many as three games where we can go a pay-per-view route. So this but, is but the trick is is like I think like a Montana, North Dakota State, or or like a high-profile versus high-profile or Grizzcat uh, exhibition of sort in the fall would pull well. I think if you came back. And maybe I'm wrong. I, I know we're we're going to be star for football come this fall. But if it was like Montana versus Norfolk State, pay per view, not yeah. going to happen. There's four teams that I think should should do it: UM, MSU, North Dakota State, and James Madison. And I oh, think those four yeah. ADs should get together and say, "Let's do a round robin." There's three non-conference games. We can do them like once a month. So you, if if you know, there's time to quarantine. There's time to whatever. Um, neutral site. However you do it, maybe you, the neutral site is close enough where um, there's, you know, one of the teams doesn't have to fly or something like that. Hmm. But, you know, and, and honestly, this, maybe part of the deal is there are no fans because it's like, you know, that's just a step too far. I think that you could you could sell those to enough college football fans at this level to be like, I'd pay to watch that, that those those would be worth it. I'm not saying that they would replicate their – lost income but i feel like that would work yeah it seems like it would and i think it would also presumably garner far more national attention Mm -hmm. than a regular even an fcs playoff game because it potentially could be the only college football you could watch the whole damn week one great exposure for your football program two good exposure for your university yep i mean i bet it's like in in Especially in Montana and the in the Grizz and the Cat markets, like and NDSU too, I think they could charge a hundred bucks a game for those. Was it like a pay per view? As a pay per view, probably. And I think people would do it. I mean, that's what boxing match because like, again, fight it's, nights it's are. a yeah. one time thing. This is not like a, this is going to happen every year. Every week, but it's like, yeah. hey guys, we don't get to do it, but at least we can kind of have this and have some fun, and you can have a few people over, and you know, do you? But you know, Kent, if you're listening. We want free tickets. <laughs> we'll do a live pod. Yeah. <laughs> we will promote the hell out of it. We've got great reach. <laughs> All the way to Augusta. All the way to Augusta. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's going to be – I don't know. I, it, I, I feel like – I don't know. Holding out hope for something to happen this fall, though, I, I – it doesn't seem. Yeah, like we're talking pipe dreams right now. Right. But yeah. the one thing I would be okay with is like somebody early on, because some of the people that we kind of chat with regularly have been saying f- since March that oh, there's no way we're playing football, you know. And they live in some other towns, more busy, you know, metros and stuff like that. And it's like maybe they're getting a different perspective than we are. But um, well, somebody threw out, like, why don't we just have Montana, Montana State play a bunch of times in a year? And I hated that. Because it's like, no. it's, a, But I could get behind Montana, Montana State playing in the fall and then playing again in the spring. Because I feel like there's far enough distance where it would be unique and fun. I could mm-hmm. get behind that. Okay. Interesting. I just got a text from a friend who works somewhere in the Adams Center <laughs> complex. And he said that rumor was if we were playing this fall, it would have been a little above 7,000 people in Walgreens. That seems about right if you kind of just do the math and start. But yeah. it was this person says it depends on what the health department says, 
it's not necessarily the seats and the distance between the seats. It's getting in and out of the concourses. Yeah. Is so they would might they might have to control the exit. In mm-hmm. a, These sections, this exit. In yeah. Yeah. I'd heard something like that. Because like what your your group size right now is fifty, with our phase two or whatever it is. So it's like pods of fifty, and you have to be distance. But then that has to have ingress, egress, and it's a yeah. Yeah, yeah. But if you got, if you could get even 5,000 people in there, you know, like you were saying, like 250 a seat, that you could do that easily. Yeah, I think they could sell 5,000 tickets at 250 a seat this year. Honestly, I mean, those, those get scooped up in a heartbeat and probably resold for 500. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, right? Like in Missoula, if there was one game yeah. and there was like 5,000 seats, but then that'd it's be... like the problem, not the problem, but the thing that, again, gets lost so much in this whole conversation is the student athletes, you know, and Brent's, you know, Brent and I have verbally disagreed on whether the health of, of having a spring season and then a fall season is going to be a good idea or not. Mm-hmm. Um, Brent says, F them all, make them play. I'm very what? cautious. <laughs> no, that's not the route it went. <laughs> I, I think, but I mean, like, so obviously, so we're shift forward. So the next time we might see football is spring of 21. And I think, and this is like, this is the conversation we've had a few times, is two seasons on a 18 to 22-year-old's body. Um, it's not ideal. I can it, no, see that. It, it's I mean, not ideal. And so, and I just, I mean, obviously, I suppose probably it's a better age than, you know, like an NFL team or something probably uh, with some of these veteran players or whatever. But I think it'll be an interesting dynamic if it does roll out that way, because we had, I'm trying to think of what it was, but like Montana had between 12 to 15 guys lost throughout the season for just various injuries. Cause injuries happen as football. So it's like, okay, if we lose, let's just average it somewhere between 10 to 15 guys in the spring. None of those guys will be available in the fall. Presumably. I mean, I guess you could have some stuff, right? Like, you know, a broken bone or something that can heal, but it's like ligament tears, these soft tissue type of injuries, things like that. They, they won't be back. I mean, so it's like you get so, the juniors and sophomores that are starters that, you know, blow out a knee or whatever. They're on the shelf for 18 months. Yeah. Uh, so it's maybe in the fall they've got to tweak the, the red shirt rule for a year yeah. and kind of let the red shirts be a taxi squad mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, if they've got to go over their four games, but they're replacing somebody who's verifiably injured, they can do it, not lose their eligibility. You know, I mean, there are creative ways to overcome that. Maybe they let them keep an extra 10 guys on the roster next fall so that there's more bodies yeah. for camp, yep. I, you know. Yeah. Boost roster size. That, that'd yeah. help. You think. I mean, I just, the one thing that's kind of driven me nuts about this whole football conversation in the last month is, Everything else is changing. Like, hell, you know, my son went to school online for the last three months of school year. He's going to go back part-time, it sounds like. They just released their plan. And, you know, so it's like we're, we're all changing things. Like, you know, my office was closed more or less for a month and a half. And yet it's been up until the last couple of weeks, like, football season is too holy to change, you know. And it's like, screw that. You know, everybody else is having a change and modify. Like, look at the NBA. And granted, they get a bubble and all that. But it's like, they should be on their summer break right now. And they're instead, you know, they're all in a bubble in Florida playing basketball games. And I'm not saying that, you know, student athletes don't get paid. And it's, we got to be careful about taking advantage of people. But 
I also think that this idea that everything else has been impacted by COVID, but football season can't adapt at all, I don't buy that. Just my take. Did you read the Sean Doolittle quote? He's the relief pitcher for um, the Nationals. No. I've been thinking about this... um, quite a bit when it comes to like things changing and stuff let me pull this up um he essentially said i'm gonna paraphrase it that baseball sports you know writ large is supposed to be like the reward for taking care of the virus and you know like saying like hey Maybe we don't get sports this fall. This was before the MLB started. Yeah. And he goes, if we don't get sports this fall, it's because we collectively as a society couldn't sublimate our own needs mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm. to squash the virus like other countries. Right. We Weird. wanted other things. We wanted other freedoms. And that was an active choice that our society has made. And, it, you know, COVID is still running wild. Um thousand people dying a day maybe yeah Yeah. so maybe we don't get sports and sometimes when i think when i start doing the calculus on how to how to make the money work for for grizz football to happen i'm like "Ah, i don't know do we deserve it like (laughs) see my thing on grizz football and don't get me wrong i'm obviously we sit here and do this podcast that we take a ton of time and we don't make any money so it's like we're clearly we're clearly above your normal fan so we clearly want it to happen. Right. My yeah. desire for them to save the football season in some way is has very little to do with me feeling bad for myself missing a season cuz whatever. It'll be there. I feel bad for the players who get screwed, you know, who have worked hard and you know, eligibility-wise and it's like I don't think it's as simple as just saying like bag it till next year cuz then you've got a whole other class. Yep, yep. And so it's like, you know, that it's not that simple. But UM like UM is hurting. And, you know, home football games are important to UM. It's important and to Missoula, too. It's, it's very important to Missoula, you know, and it's like, it's, that's going to be tough. And UM's enrollment's going to be down again, which I think enrollment's going to be down in a lot of places. So it's like, you know, people shouldn't panic, but UM was already hurting. It's not like we were in a good spot. And so that's where I just come from. It's like, man. The UM the UM the institution doesn't have the money to save the athletic department right now. No, and the athletic department is going to be really hurting. You know, we heard Greg Sumberger talk about it on our last pod last month. You know, it's they're in a real tough place. Yeah, yeah, I <clears throat> I agree. And I, I have a buddy who works at a small private university, and he was talking about how if they couldn't bring students back for the fall that whole institution might just close its doors. Yeah. Like, and, you know, small private liberal arts, they're in a different, you know, world and, you know, larger mid-sized public institutions, but there could be institutions across the country sure. that we are very familiar with, like, can't make it. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's... Do you think it, any of them are small four-year colleges in Montana that probably shouldn't exist anyway? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are we talking about take. private or public four years? Because <laughs> I have very different no opinions. No comment. Let's <laughs> move on. 
<laughs> Brittany, you were saying something. You're going to anger the northern... <laughs> hey, you just named a town. I did not. <laughs> uh. MSU Northern's coming after you, Mike. I'm just asking the questions. <laughs> I will, I will go to bat for things. that diesel mechanic program I was going to say, they've day. got a damn good diesel mechanic program. I've heard that. Uh, let me see. So, it is, it is kind of an interesting... I mean, everyone's hurting, but it's fascinating that the more successful athletic programs are going to feel this much more heavily because Sac State, Southern Utah, Northern Colorado, um, you know, you name them, even like the Davis PSUs, Eastern to even a little bit of an extent, although Eastern's got their own full mess going on too. Um, they don't rely on 20,000 plus in their stadiums every week to pay their bills. Every other week. The Grizz are so proud of taking almost no money from the institution. Yeah. They are close to being a private football squad. <laughs> yeah. You know, but in a, like you say. Yeah. But it's like, so it's like that. And that was like the interesting thing, like moving forward. And, and I, I mean, I think Greg Sumberg kind of danced around it when we talked to him about it a little bit, but it's like there's two to three to maybe four programs in our whole conference that need attendance to help cover stuff where others it's like athletics is just a hole in the budget that's filled by the state or just a loss anyways and so but so now here especially no fall and you know with the spring as the target in the future to see what that does yeah i don't know i um i offended our buddy um our idaho vandals buddy brian more so <laughs> on a on a message we're all on on a thread with him and um they were talking about a call that the Idaho AD had with some boosters, and the Idaho AD apparently made a comment that didn't name Montana or Montana State by name, but you knew who it was, and kind of implied that you know they weren't ready to give up football yet in the fall, um, because they but they didn't have anywhere near a plan for the fans, and. The gist of it was that it sounded like you know some of the Idaho fans laughed at it. I'm thinking, you know what? What a problem to have. <laughs> you know, it's like at least the schools are making money and, and funding their programs. And and I think Idaho's a lot closer to the Montana group of that conversation than everybody else in the conference. Yeah, yeah. But this has pissed me off a little <laughs> bit on the conference as a whole again because it's like for for eyes for attendance for people paying attention there are a handful of schools that are pulling the weight yep and i think those schools might have got outvoted in that vote because i heard it was eight to five but i haven't heard how people voted i know four of the five is montana montana state idaho and eastern washington yeah i don't know who the fifth was might have been weber or nau would be my two guesses that weber i think weber over nau because i think arizona's kind of in that same kind of and Weber's got good momentum right now, yeah. where it's like they probably don't want anything to mess up. So, I mean, that that struggle, it's, and it's like, and don't get me wrong, I mean, like, I get it, and we've got to respect that different states are in different places, and I'm, I'm not trying to be the, we're the big kid on the block or anything like that, but it's like, if the schools that voted against it are Montana, Montana State, Idaho, and Eastern Washington, and, and let's just say Weber, and you take those teams out of the big sky, the big sky's done. It's, There's it, nothing. It's like the pioneer. Yeah, and they still have <laughs> enough teams plus. to form a conference. So it's not just that they wouldn't have enough teams. Like, so this idea that you know, I just, I, 
I just think UM needs to throw them throw their weight around a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I think they could take a uh, lesson from a dad who just does whatever she wants. Your your wife, Wadad. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Was that? It was you two that were. Gonna, or was it you, Luke? I can't remember. All Mary Wadad. I yeah. believe that it was related to a Grizz football win, though. And it didn't happen, <laughs> I think. So. But in it's truth, really I think she marries me. She marries <laughs> <laughs> I think it's her call. Uh, well, she proposes she, to you. She, you know, be associated with somebody in the uh, best health sciences program in the state. So, oh, oh. Ooh. It's no contest. It's no contest. We, UM's got to be better at pointing that stuff out. We've got to take the gloves off. <laughs> well, Sorry, sidebar. Um, did you guys listen to the, the player comments from the press conference when the plug was officially pulled? Um, a little bit of them, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. I mean, Jace Lewis, Sammy Cam, of course, Bobby was there too. Uh, it was kind of fascinating. Um, Bobby's co- he had a quote where it's like, for the first time in his life, he literally does not know who his next opponent is or when the next game is. Um <laughs> I gotta say, it was fascinating to listen. I mean, to the two seniors, the two I'm I'm gonna just assume captains, leaders yeah, on the you team. Think so. um, I mean, listening to Sammy talk, like there there was like fire in his voice. He he, and neither of the guys wanted to play in the spring. I think there was a question posed to them. I think it was by Sean Rainey that was like, "Do you would you rather play this spring or in the fall?" And others, and this was to tell Nuanas on their. Uh, podcasts we're talking about, you know, football players are creatures of habit, so you're completely you play throwing football them in the fall. out of their, yeah. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see, but I mean, Kim was like paraphrasing, but it was kind of like a whenever, wherever, we'll be ready, we'll go. Mm-hmm. And it was it was exciting to hear that. Um, you know, it gives you a little shred this, of hope. Yeah, <laughs> this gives me a shred of hope to send an invite to my intramural football game. <laughs> 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 Dude, I know you got some time this fall. I want to film it. We'll I'm get gonna, some clips. I'm going to make some formal invites. <laughs> There's no money. It's still amateur. <laughs> so, I, you know, it's it, I, I, I feel for these guys, especially like these seniors, where it's like you've got – this team has <clears throat> two wide receivers that are, I mean, most definitely are going to get a, a chance to play at the next level. And, I mean, Jace Lewis has been in Dante Olsen's shadow, but he is he is a great damn linebacker, too. And we've got a couple senior offensive linemen that have the size and are looking to put that on their resume for this year. And, I mean, Cam Humphrey is a one-year QB starter. It, it's tough to to get that type of look at with just one year under your belt, but who mm-hmm. knows, you know. So, it's just, I mean, um, there's a lot of there, – there's just a lot of guys that are, you know, obviously – have been here and been building on this. And you think about guys, especially like Kemp Ture and Jace Lewis, that, I mean, they came here recruited by Bob Stitt, and mm-hmm. so they've been through, you know, the Stitt years and then God, adjusted with Bobby, year. and now you're finally here, and it's your senior year. Man, and I Jace want Lewis, you're the defensive player the of the year. And, just, you know, uh, so it's like there, there's just so much that went up to it. And then, yeah. And, she, but that's where it's like, and I'm, you know, we talk about creature habit, and, and that, that all makes sense. I'm also somebody who just, it's a little bit of OCD, but I struggle with things not being complete. So it's like this baseball season only being 60 games really throws me, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, how do you compare it to other seasons? What about their stats? Like, if somebody bats 400, what does it mean? You know, Nothing. The MVP, you know, and like all this stuff, because they're going to give them all out, you know. So I sit here and I think about college football, and 
A, if we only play eight conference games and not non, it's like, all right, well, how do we compare? B, if we wait until fall and we just skip a season, we've got a whole class of guys. It's like, what do we do with What them? do you do in between? Like, yeah. And there's there's recruits, so it's like, they're going to have to expand the rosters. I mean, they're going to have to let them sign all the guys that they were going to sign. There, there are some ways which you could do, especially with a lot of recruits, is you could gray shirt. But, I mean, that just pushes the problem. It pushes another It, it does a little bit. It does, but it, it allows you to mitigate a little bit. See, I think for once in their life, <clears throat> the NCAA needs to lead on something. Like, they need oh. to sit down and in the next week come out with a, here is our plan. Plan A is if if the spring works, great, and this is how eligibility works in the spring. This is how eligibility works next fall. If the spring doesn't work, here's how eligibility works in the fall. Yeah. And they got to stick to it because that if there's anything that really pisses me off in all this, it's that the NCAA has just sat in the corner and let all of this happen. Yeah. You know, and let these coaches and I don't like. I wonder how many of the coaches actually believed that they'd be playing this fall, but. I tell you, I'm pretty sure Bobby was one of them. Like, I don't think Bobby knows how to not prepare. (laughs) So, (laughs) I think it's the mindset of the of the pedigree is you you need to be prepared. But then it's next up. It's all you know. It's like so they're sitting here taking it all seriously, and us sitting on the outside. It's like there's no way that this season is happening in normal. No, but the NCAA just lets it happen and lets all these kids show up. And you know what? I think a lot of these schools are doing in-person school, at least partly so their football teams could play. And the NCAA freaking just walks this out where it's too late. You have an MSU start school next week. That's right, next week, yeah. You know? Right? Next week, right? Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, and kids are moving into the dorms. Today. As we speak. (laughs) And, you know, like that, it's all, all, not all, because obviously... The schools want people on campus to form relationships and to do all that, and that's important too. But it's like, you know, a part of that is football. Yeah. And I just think the NCAA was so irresponsible. But I understand they're they're they've got you know they're nuts tied up by the Power Five conferences who actually control football. Right. There's been a a lot of missing leadership. Oh like, yeah. As you zoom out at the thirty thousand foot level, every level uh, of COVID. Uh, mitigation, planning, preparation. Uh, the NCAA is probably one of the least surprising entities <laughs> n- like to handle this without like enough grace. I mean, and it's like it's. I mean, it's it's easy to look back, but even early into July, you could see the writing on the wall as to where we're going to go. And of course, we talked about this. I mean, when we had Sean Rainey on. Yeah, he asked the question in March. Or March. And he was like, there's no way it's going to happen. I think in a Twitter interaction, like, didn't he even get a little called out for that? Well, I I tagged him today because I was (laughs) doing something else. And I was like, Sean was asking these questions way back when this started. And I was like, yeah, I got called out for it, too. (laughs) And now you move forward. Coulter Duanis says zero chance of spring football. 
Which is interesting because Coulter's gone like a complete 180 from where he was a month ago, and he yeah. would deny it and should call him no, his bullshit. Give the man no, a chance to evolve, no. Coulter, to, to learn, I, I to heard get new information. I, Coulter, from his podcast today, it sounds like he like hit his head on a rock at the lake. He dove into flooded lake in the dark and hit his head. <laughs> so I mean, maybe, maybe it was actually really funny because it was like. I guess Tutel's brother, he was with Tutel's brother, and Tutel's brother, I've met him, he's a skinny guy, you know. And so they jumped into the same spot, and the brother did just fine, but Coulter hit the bottom. <laughs> it's like, well, Coulter's got like 100 pounds on. It's <laughs> physics. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> but anyway, I'm giving him a hard time, because when they were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, maybe three or four now, like, he was talking about it like it was the first time it dawned on him that football might not be played. And I think people who are so close to it are just kind of like taking the like, well, football runs everything in this country. We're not like, it's going to happen. But I mean, maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe if you're, if 90% of your life is live and breathe sports, you fail to understand its relative import in society and culture. Fair. I think, Coulter probably understands that, but he, he certainly so he's one eighty, you say, and now he doesn't think there'll be spring. Why Zero not? chance. I, I think I mean he and I think a lot of other people will echo as well, like what's going to be different in mass come March? I mean there's hopes for a vaccine. Will it be available for college masks players? And, yeah. uh, you know, but it's like, okay, so like out. the last two and a half months have showed us that American society probably as large is not going to adhere to what needs to be done. So it's going to presumably continue on a path we're on, you know, right, when it comes to COVID. And so will a vaccine be wide enough available for college athletes and fans to, to be there? Potentially. Uh, but who knows? And uh, the, other, the other kind of flip side of things is uh, what the emerging discussion now, of course, is – is this the path to large-scale unionization of college athletes when it comes to any sort of sport, not just football? And so, you know, Coulter was saying, of course, the NCAA is scared to death about that type of prospect. And so... Fuck them. <laughs> wait, 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 Mike, what? What? The NCAA. Oh, okay. I wanted to be sure. Oh, no. No, okay. no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm not Danny Cannell here. I'm not falling into this whole, like... No, they're getting a pretty good deal. No, 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 no. No. Okay. Mm-mm. I wanted to be sure who the um <laughs> the them were in that in that F bomb. <laughs> oh Mike, your mom's not gonna like that okay. F bomb. No, I know. So so Brent, we don't know if there's gonna be a vaccine. If right. there is a vaccine, we're not like we the timing know. is gonna be dicey if there is. Yep. So who knows if we can get all the appropriate people vaccinated because right. we're not sure who's going to get it first, the second, the third, the fourth. Um, it, it takes time to create a six, seven billion vials of this vaccine, right. right? Well, and then what's the actual like turnaround for an effective vaccine? Isn't it like five to eight years technically? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean it, didn't grand, it take I mean, like getting into bigger science here? And yeah, all it, take, stuff, it took like, like four or five years to get us there's Ebola. There's a big difference but, between football being played and football being played with fans yeah so it's like yeah if if we were at low levels like we were at in you know may and june i think we'd be having a different conversation right now yeah Uh, i think if there is a vaccine 
and we could give it to people like you know we know there's there's people who don't take vaccines now and you know they think the government's tracking them via vaccine and i'm like it's your cell phone bitch 5g wire you know (laughs) like but I think if there is a vaccine, we have a we have a season. I mean, even with anti vaxxers, yeah. the flip side is like we talk about half lives and stuff like that. Like, realistically, let's say spring football season could start March first. Okay, let's just use that as the date. So March, April, May, whatever. That is six plus months away. How long has this virus even been a thing that anybody's been working on trying to solve? Like so, seven months. Yeah, <laughs> like. Yeah. So it's like, and there are things out there like remdesivir or whatever that drug is. Remdesivir. You know, I mean? you know yeah. there are treatments. It's like they've learned that they don't want to put people on vents as long, as quickly as they thought. Like, for as bad as, as some of the states are right now, the death rates aren't the same as they were in New York, which tells you on some level, at, we must be figuring we're, out how to treat it a little bit better. Yeah, we're more yeah. sophisticated in the way yeah. we treat it. And so it's like, what are we going to know in six months? Well, I, I do think that it's possible that we have a vaccine, like, within six months, because there has never been an effort like this mm-hmm. to find a vaccine. I mean, we're deploying all the resources possible. We are we are creating, we're turning Kodak into a fake drug company <laughs> in oh an God. effort. And booming and busting and if booming you're Robin Hooders. Uh, you know, we're, we're deploying artificial intelligence technology to try to find, like, the right uh, antibody techniques. Like, we're throwing the kitchen sink. We might have it in time to have a football season. It's could- possible. Is it likely? I would probably say no because... You still need to clinical trial this thing. You still need to manufacture this thing. I think Mike's point, that's a great point, though, that there's a difference between playing football and having fans in the stadium for a football game. That's an excellent point, though. Yep. And it's like, you know, if they can play football and find a way to break even, you know, maybe so it's TV deals in the spring. And frankly, if there's no fans, it doesn't have to be Saturdays. No. I mean, they could... They could make Friday those nights. prime Friday times nights. Thursday and Friday nights. Yeah. You know, oh, it's yeah. like they could find other ways to do this in the spring and, and you know, get through the season. I mean, it, the, all things are possible. And so I just think there are two different things and people are, are wrapping them together. Mm-hmm. Okay. On the record, put it on wax, Mike. Yes or no, spring conference schedule. Yes. Brent. I'll lean to Yes. I think no. You think no? Yeah. I am not convinced that we have the vaccine, and if we do have the vaccine, I think it's a sticky wicket. I don't. I, I'm not sure we'll we'll really know how long it's good for. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there, there's some sense that good people can need boosters and stuff so like that. Yeah. Yeah, and without the like the science, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, fear of litigation by yeah. rushing society back into it. Oh yeah. Um. Man, this is this is the most serious conversation we've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> like, period. So, all right, let's pretend we do have a spring season. Luke, we're gonna we're gonna yep. sh- shove your okay. Uh, I, I shove this to the side. I actually love this notion. I, I would okay. rather think we're gonna have it. So, we've got eight games. So we kick out the first three. We're not playing Missouri. We're not playing Central Washington, Missouri State. Apologies, and Morehead <laughs> State. So our eight game looks like Cal Poly comes to Missoula, then we go to Cheney, 
we host Sac State, we go to Idaho, we host Southern Utah, we go to Northern Colorado, we go to Northern Arizona, and then we host the Cats. It's kind of interesting to like look at this, and we kind of talked about this before we started recording, but it's it's interesting to look at what does a sp- who like is hurt by a spring season, and who maybe has who's who, who might be a tougher opponent than we actually thought. I'm going to start off by saying that that cat game better be a night game <laughs> because it's going to be late May. Oh my god! And the sun's <laughs> going to be baking us on a Saturday out there. That better be a night game. Anyway. Luke, you were going to answer the real question. Agreed. No. Um, yeah, I think to start off, like Cal Poly, they got a new coach in Bo Baldwin, new former system. Eastern Washington coach. They've got to be helped with more time. Yeah. I mean, in some, in some ways, they didn't get spring ball, did they? So their fall oh, camp yeah, will be point. spring ball. Yeah, they were shut down before it even got going. But that's still a year with to get to know those players, to yeah. see them working out, to do film study. I mean, so you got to think, yeah, they're better off. You know, another one, Sac State lost their QB. Nope. But now they've got more time with whoever the backup guy is. <laughs> I mean, again. It's like, Gresh Jensen. Gresh Jensen is going to grad transfer to Sac State. <laughs> oh, my God. Um yeah, and then we go to Northern Colorado, who obviously has a new coach as well, too. And that's just another one where that coach now has another six months to work on implementing system and, and things like that. I mean, are we helped? I don't know. I mean, our team is, again, we have all those benefits. But if we are more baked, like, come, like, September then more teams will be able to close the gap, right? Mm -hmm. Or do you think we can get better at the same rate? I think we can get better at the same rate. I think that we've got the facilities and the workouts and stuff like that to, you know, I think we're built for the off-season just as much as we're built for the season as far as the Champion Center and stuff like that. So it's like I think that we can can take advantage of the extra time in different ways. I also think, and this is going to be true for everybody, but it's like it's going to be the healthiest we've ever come into a season. (laughs) I mean, you know... Because everybody's off-season surgeries happened. True. Um, and we don't have a quarterback that has true starting reps. So no, he started two. He started three games, man. He got pulled in the third, but he started two. He started Portland. the third series, not the third quarter. I'm gonna. Points. I'm gonna say. Good point. I'm gonna say that whomever we run out there. <laughs> It is not. First season. of all, is not. Let's not season. forget that it's going to be Chris Brown, Bozeman's own. Um, <laughs> this does, does give Chris Brown another. I love six that. Months I out love of the that. Job. <laughs> oh man, we just did a non-sanctioned fist bump. Ooh, uh, get some, get some hand sanitizer. Out <laughs> yeah. <here. laughs> um, you know, I mean, the challenge is, is we don't know what our team roster might look like in the spring, mm-hmm. in the sense of. So, Bobby always sets his guys up to get their degree at the end of the fall semester. And so, we saw that last year. Like, almost every senior, save a few, graduated, received their degree in December. Um, Which would technically mean, if everybody pushes to the spring, in theory, a grad transfer opportunity would be available for anybody on this team. Um Mm-hmm. There's that. There's also the NCAA one-time transfer rule, which, again, who the hell knows what they're going to do with that in light mm-hmm. of everything. Uh, but could 
a stud player say my goal is the next level and I will be and I mean we've seen this happen before Vernon Adams and Dakota Prukop both went to Oregon to try to you know show that they could play at that level I mean it happens anyways Dakota could or excuse me Vernon could play at that level yeah Dakota could not um, but so I mean it's it's going to open up and so it's like it, it, it's you look at teams and it, I mean it literally happened to the Idaho Vandals today their only cornerback that played started for the Idaho Vandals last year. Their other cornerback started for the Grizz. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, announced he's going to the portal. And what Northern Iowa's lost a few guys too. So I, I just I I would hope that Montana would be immune to it. But you could face a very real possibility where we have two, three, four guys that were relied upon to be major contributors to this team, either grad transfer or you could even have some situations where we see this. I don't know with starters, but with depth where kid just says, I got my degree. I'm not going to be playing football on, the, at, at, on Sundays. Um, I'm ready to I don't want to get sick. Yeah. Peace out. I'm done. So we can see that as well, too. I mean, we, we saw that with uh, um, Brandon Purdy, right? Like, yeah. he had a year of eligibility, and he got his degree, and yeah. away he went. I think that's probably – I think that'll happen. I don't think it'll happen as much. I think that most people yeah. are committed. You play – you know, they're playing. I agree. But I think where it helps us is we've got – you know, Bobby came in, and, and you can look at the way the roster was constructed in two ways. We have some awesome skill players that he inherited. Incredible. You yeah. know, like really good ones. Yeah. And then he had a lot of work to do on O-line, on D-line. D-line. And what I see it as is we those guys get extra time in the weight room. Yeah. So like Jacob McGoran, for instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it's like he was a beast in the three games he played last year. And he gets now he'll be able basically to put on two another, off seasons yeah. of of weight training. That's a great point. You know, gets a fall camp of some sort because my understanding is they get to practice on some level for at least part of the fall. And they'll continue their weight regimen yep. the whole way. Um, you know, guys like Colton Kites, you know, who who you know hadn't you know hadn't really played before they started playing for the Grizz more or less, and it's like. That's another round of, you know, agility training, of weightlifting, of time with the coaches. So it's like there are probably some guys on the roster who would will play better in the spring than they would have in the fall. But maybe that's wishful thinking. I don't know. I want now to step back to the darker uh, universe, the parallel universe, where there is no spring football either. Thanks, Luke. And why do you hate freedom, Luke? Uh, Mike, I love I love the taste. <laughs> I love the sweet taste of freedom, Mike. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was the Shelby coming out in me. Um, so imagine the NCAA doesn't extend eligibility, which I think is a rational thing to do. That they would not. Yep. Okay. Hey, you missed a year of eligibility. Sorry, it was a global pandemic. Time moves forward. There wasn't a, a, a season in the fall or the spring. Do you think we see any students drop out of school in order to keep their eligibility? Mm. We could. Especially if you're fringy uh, NFL, fringy draft, fringy. We've already seen it happen a little bit at the FBS level. Like Minnesota had their stud receiver to say, I'm out. I'm gonna get ready for the pros. Well, and I think at the FCS level, but the FCS, yeah. these 
athletes are truly in need of a season to develop. They're not in need of a year of working out. I mean, it helps, but they need reps. They need game film. Mm -hmm. And if you are like, you know, I don't want to name any names or anything. I mean, not that it matters, but just more uh, higher level, like, you need reps. You're not going to get them. If there's no season, I'm going to drop out of school. I'll come back um, on scholarship the following year. It's a it's a coordinated, planned mm-hmm. thing. Do you think that's possible? Sure. I mean, I think it's possible. I think that they'd really discourage it because I think that football coaches are all about control and they, what's this guy going to be doing away from the program because if they drop out of school they're not they can't work out could you roll back into a gray shirt if you haven't used it you know presumably you were a red shirt yeah i don't know played three years i mean i i think it'd be hard pressed to say anything's not on the table right because it's like no matter what happens in the spring i think that there's the same like opt out and not lose eligibility has to be an option in the spring we're not going to be that far along I wouldn't think so. Yeah. I don't know, Luke. It's a good point. I'm just thinking we could see some stacked teams the following fall. <laughs> just like loaded up. Yeah. Just have like, like a just have this dog shit spring team, and then fall just be like, okay, we got here. We go. We got our four best, you know, seniors, redshirt seniors with an extra year. It's basically like BYU. There we go. <laughs> like they're older. <laughs> they're all 25. They're, they're, they're mature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting thought. Yeah. I, I mean, I, there are so many, so many unknowns because it's just nobody's ever done it before, you know? What I do know is it is a good time to join... Uh, the Grizzly Scholarship Association. <laughs> please. QB please. clubs out there. GoGrizz.com slash QB club. Yeah. Uh, you know, we got an email from Bobby last week. Yeah, we did. It. I think it was very... Uh, it. Let's just say I think it's the most genuine email Yes. in the moment that I feel like Bobby's ever sent. Because it was like, he was like, I'm disappointed and I don't know what to tell you guys, but we'll be in touch. I mean, there was more to it than that, yeah, but it was that like, was just like it. he's just like, gosh, I mean, I wish I had something better to say to you guys right now. Yeah. It was tough. I mean, and obviously you can read it from top to bottom. They know they've got a good team. They know this, yep. this roster in a non COVID fall, this is a damn good football roster. It's got its question marks, D line cornerback. You yeah. Know, but the one but thing QB a little bit, wait. but it's just like, let, let's God, let's dive team. into the weeds yeah. a little bit here on our players because our I love hearing about it. I think our fans love hearing about it. Who are our position locks? Who are our, oh. uh, who are our, like uh, players that we we got transferred that we're really excited about? Where are our question marks? I mean, a couple of cornerbacks. Ford's one that I'm excited about. And Ono Hicks Ono. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, offensively, like, wide receivers set. I mean, you got Toure, you've got a Kim, you've got Roberts. It's like boom, boom, boom. And then you've still got Salser. And some of these young guys, like, can Flowers, like, break yeah. through. And then, I mean, they were uh, they were playing a couple of young guys last year. I mean, they are so excited about how deep receiver is. Yeah. You know, Mark, Marcus Knight, what, how many touchdowns did he have last year? Like, 20. 20-something? 20 I mean, yeah, 21. So it's like... 
And the O-line, again, both tackles return, right? Uh, we got the transfer from Nebraska to, I believe, play center. We've got four guys that rotated the whole way at guard, and Mo Mallory, I think, made all conference. And so it's like it feels like a tight end is a little bit of the spot where, you know, we got guys that return, um, and – I'm blanking the name because uh, we had uh, Dem- the Deming and then who was the kid that we lost before in fall camp who was like caught all the touchdowns here the, before the tight all like a the few. The Polson guy. Yeah. Renz. Renzfold. 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 Yep. So yep. it's like, I mean, and, and then, you know, the, ty- the, the kind of X factor guy where we saw in spring where Cole Grossman moved over to tight end is just like this kind of gronk, like athletic freak, like offense was just – loaded and it to the point where outside of maybe a couple teams this offense could probably make up for deficiencies on defense because they can they should score a shit ton of points yep just i mean because you can't focus on one thing and and cam humphrey showed two two good games and one not good game and so it's but it's like he's got a little bit under his belt but all accounts he can sling it he can sling the damn ball (laughs) and uh and, again, he's going to have the help. And we saw this uh, in Bob Stitt's first year, 2015. Like, Brady Gustafson, like, right, not the greatest, greatest quarterback. <laughs> but he had a trio of wide receivers that when you've got that much skill around you, it just made stuff so easy for mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And it's like – and I think Cam Humphrey's a better QB than Brady Gustafson. I, I mean, I don't think that's a big controversial take. Um Certainly, he's got better feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> better feet, and I mean, he could he, he could throw. Brady up. had an injured wheel. Like. <laughs> so I take it back. So it's like, and I mean, Brady had a pretty damn good 2015 when it, you know, it was like, yeah. I mean, between the, but it's just, so it's like, I, and of the, you know, we were talking about teams that were helped, you know, maybe by a little delay. You know, I think Cam Humphrey is a guy who would be helped quite a bit by a delay because. It's not that he lacks skills. I think the speed of the game was a little fast for him. Sure, yep. Um, but that's nothing that can't be overcome with reps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. this just gives him more time. Yep, it does. And I think it just control the huddle and yep. establish and yourself respect as Respect from the team. Yep. yep, absolutely. Yep. Flip the ball now. You know, defensively it's a little more interesting. Obviously, like, D-line, we, like, we're still young. And if there's more than four guys. I mean, it... But we added a edge rusher right from Wazoo. Yep. Yep. I'm blanking his name right now. Linebacker, we got Jace, but then it's like, you know, Wellnell or some of these other guys, Matthews or some of these other guys. Um, and then, you know, safety, we got safety. We're we're in pretty good shape. We're deep, I, I would think. Um, <laughs> and then corner, we got two trans. Well, we got two or three transfers now. Two, right? Three, Did we, right? Three. Did we, Did we add another JUCO guy? And yeah, two. we added a JUCO kid. Yeah, yeah. the two, the uh, Cotton and. Hicksonu from OSU. Yeah. And then a Juco and guy. And we got a Juco kid. Ford yep. from Louisville. Right. So, I mean, that's just a spot where, you know, what we saw in spring for two weeks, like, okay, fine. But we just – it's just a – There's no way that we're not better at corner, mostly because no, yeah, we oh, yeah. can't. Because we have actual cornerbacks I mean, playing the like, spot instead of wide receivers. I mean, in theory, we <laughs> could do worse against the pass. But, I mean, what were we? A hundred and <laughs> – I mean, we were, we we were, were not like the great. fourth worst yeah. pass defense, yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah, Robbie's. I mean, the the safety is like almost everybody's back, right? Sandry was the only graduate, and Gavin Crow, 
Now, I mean, again, push it to a spring. Here's a good thing. Gavin Crow, who completely decimated his leg, right, in the first game last year. Like, now he should be full speed healthy yeah. and ready. I was really excited to see what becomes of Gavin Crow yeah. and what they do with Garrett Graves. Like, two athletes Graves. Yeah. that Graves seem to be able to play a, bowl, like a couple positions, you know, like. I think Garrett Graves and then uh, there's, like, guys that are just, like, complete freaks at, like, what they do, like, and, and Graves and, and Grossman and then a little bit of Malik Flowers, too. It's just, like, these guys that are just, like, either. I think a hidden gem in that group might be a guy like Giancaro who yeah. just didn't have a position. But now he's a linebacker. He's a linebacker, yeah. and yeah. it's like he's such an athlete that, you know, maybe the extra time really helps him, you know, because he's going to be a he's, – He's going to have been lifting like a linebacker for a year. Yep. Um, plus, yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, D line's a big question. We lost Jesse Sims. So, I mean, um, but like all those guys, Alfred Gubner, like the big dudes. And then how we, is your cousin doing? Yeah. How is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't talked to Eli lately. We, you know, we've been keeping it safe. <laughs> But, you know, like Babaros, Mamula, and the edge guys, we had a couple injuries there. Um, uh, so, you know, they should all be bigger, stronger. Uh, that'll, I mean, again, pushing to spring is probably great for our defensive line. Man, we've got a good team. I know. We've got a good team. I don't know who our kicker is. It's like driving right? home. Oh, man. I don't know who our punt returner is. Small details. Wonder if, wonder if Flowers can do both. Some guys are good at one and not the other. Flowers is a straight line guy. Yeah. He's not like a cut juke miss, right? Like Who's he's. They, did they have Graves field the pup? I thought it was. I thought year? it was. Um, yeah, I think it might have been Graves, but Graves is a straight line guy too. Yeah, mostly, somebody right? else fielded some punts too. Uh, oh no, our punt returner is going to be um, the little guy from Billings. Salser. Salser. Yeah, that's right. true. Salser, there yeah. you go. Who also can get healthy. Little guy. Yeah, there you go. I don't mean the little guy derogatively, just he's a small guy. He's short compared to other players He'd also kick my ass in he's... every facet of athletic <laughs> ability, including probably weightlifting. So let's just not. Yeah. I'm going to say not even probably, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to go with a solid yeah. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so yeah, don't mean that as a negative. Sorry. Apologies. <laughs> Oh, oh man. man. Well, I don't know. It's big unknown. Hey, you know, I we don't want to ever get too we're about Grizz football and you know, we're a Grizz fan podcast. So, you know, we want to like skirt the political. But one thing in this off season I've been really uh proud about as you, you know, you see the maturation of young men, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, into mature men hopefully is uh, the stance that guys like uh, Sammy Akem, Torre, Omar Hicksono, you know, Eli Cotton took with Being the vocal vo- and vocal leadership that they showed in the Black Lives Matter, the flare up with the Dar- Darby football coach. Um, I was really impressed and I thought it showed a lot of maturity by those men to be on point and articulate in a very difficult time for them well i think for uh for society for society and i think it's important i i really appreciate that they've been vocal and i've appreciated that the university has kind of let them 
And I don't mean like, of course, the university can't control things, but it's like they could not let him have done that interview with Sean Rainey, for instance. And I think it was good that they did. And I, you know, I, I think there are some things that I, I wish coach Hauk would be more vocal about, but I will say that he certainly let his players have their voice um, in a way that I don't know that he would have in his first round. We've seen, yeah, we, we saw him be more tight on the leash with the way his players interacted with the media in the past. And, you know, to be quite honest, I think it's, you know, uh, you know, Bobby has changed as a person um, and as a coach too. And it, it shows by him letting his players have voice. Yep. But I mean, switching it back to the subject that really matters where you were going here is, I mean, I, I appreciate it because, you know, when it's like, it's, it's, it sounds bad saying it, but I mean, the, the, I think that coach Choate said something about like, 35% of his team is African-American. Yep. And that ratio has got to be similar at UM. I mean, it's got to be in Pretty the same close. ballpark. And, you know, those guys make up a huge portion of African-Americans at UM. Yep. And, I mean, like, I hate to say it, but in Montana, you know, in it's like we're not a very racially diverse state. I don't think that's anything, you know, too controversial You're to following say. census numbers. You're yeah. doing fine. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's like, whether, whether we like it or not, you know, UM football players have our leaders in the community and, and people look up to them. And I look out, you know, my son's seven and I, I look at how he looks up to these guys, these athletes on the teams and stuff like that. And, um, you know, for those guys being comfortable sharing their life experience, I think that's important because I think it's too easy to get, get wrapped up in kind of black lives matter and, and have people take it in all different directions. And, um, and when really at the end of the day, a big part of it is, is really just about, you know, African-Americans, especially African-American males sharing some of the realities of their life. And I've just, I was, I was proud of the way that they felt comfortable speaking up, um, on some of these issues that have happened in the last few months and that they've been willing to talk about it. And I'm, I'm glad to have those guys representing our school. It, I mean, it, it's, it's been very eye opening. I, I think you talk about, I mean, us in our Montana bubble or whatever you want to yep. call it, but to hear the, the frustration, um, and, and, and the, 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 the anger or, or just, or, or just the feelings that, players have been sharing on social media or through other outlets as well too um i it, it's it's been a, a helpful process for people like myself where you know, i've i've never had an influential person in in a field that i like make racially charged comments like we saw with the football coach down in in, in, in darby yep. uh to and and just imagine like what it felt like in that locker room or in that school to just be a person of color or in the sport or in the region of the state you're in to have that type of those words come out and hear those things and how that impacts you and so i've really equally appreciated and and been able to have conversations with my kids about it as well too because it's just it's not it's not something that crosses a lot of our lives every day here in Western Montana. I, and yeah, so, exactly. And, we're and we're I three think, white dudes from Montana. Yeah. We can't <laughs> even pretend to understand no. what, you know, we can't pretend to understand what living their life is like. No, absolutely not. And I, you know, I think that 
a big thing that gets lost in this conversation with a lot of people that we know in Montana who we grew up with and who we're friends with is it's it's too easy for us to kind of be like, well, I've never experienced it, so it's not a thing. And it's like, well, right. of course you haven't experienced it. It's not the same thing. Right. And it doesn't mean that people are intentionally doing wrong thing. It's just there are some things that that are baked in that I think it's important that they talk about. And And I think that one thing I've really, really kind of been frustrated about is how as with everything else in our society right now, starting with masks and going, you know, on from there, things just have to become an either or, and you got to take one side or the other. And it's like, if you support anything to do with black lives matter, you don't support the police or anything like that. And it's like, it's so ridiculous. It's like, no, let's just have adult conversations about the things that matter to the right. people that we claim to care about. And if we claim to care about grizzly football, then we care about the guys who play it. And we need to respect their lived experiences. I think it's wonderfully emblematic of the value of diversity in a group. Is like these players were comfortable speaking up, and I don't. I don't think they even claim to represent their entire race. Mm-mm. But they're just talking about their experiences, their experiences. and hearing hearing an experience or understanding a perspective that's different than yours brings value and understanding. It it brings another lens to a situation that you wouldn't have otherwise. Um, And I think it shows like how much stronger we are in understanding any one topic when you've got multiple lenses. Um, And it's, I, I, I mean, I can't even imagine how hard it would be to take a stand like they did in such a charged environment, but they did it. And super publicly, they had that interview with Sean Ray the couple times with yeah. Sean Rainey. Yeah. Um, and I just I think that they're leaders in the community and in in the state. And I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just super proud of them. Same here. Yeah, and I think that you know it's been interesting to see kind of how some of their teammates interact and stuff like that. And I'm not someone who is going to say that every teammate has to say out loud like, "Oh, I get it," because I don't think you can pretend like. You know, everyone's got to learn it, you know? But, I mean, like, guys like Garrett Graves, like, he had a really heartfelt Instagram post about Black Lives Matter. And it was like, man, this is this Montana guy from Eureka. And he clearly, like, he understands the locker room he's in. And I was impressed by it. Yeah. It would, I don't know, you know, I don't know. It just takes strength. It, It makes me see his character a little more, but, you know, Places like small places in remote Montana can, you know, can sometimes not be the most sympathetic to causes like Black Lives Matter. And Garrett is definitely a leader in that community. He's known in that community. And to see him uh, take the side of his teammates mm-hmm. uh, uh, says a lot about that young man's character. I mean, excellent example of just being able to probably come from a spot where who knows how many you know people of color Garrett interacted with presumably minimal and then to come to the university of montana in that locker room to hear the the the, the frustration uh from his fellow teammates and to respond that way and to just grow as a person i mean and that's and maybe he was already there do. for all we and, know and who he, knows you know, and he could have been yeah so it, it, you know i mean i, I shouldn't yeah. say i'm taking a presumptive oh, yeah, stance yeah, that yeah, he was wasn't before but um but just like the ability and, and i mean that's the amazing thing about like 
college life, college football life, things like that. Like you come together in a locker room where it's people from all over the United States and all sorts of different backgrounds that hopefully you see this type of response and reaction where it's like you can understand this, you know, this effective, like this other guy in your locker room, this teammate, this friend of yours, is this guy that you, you know, go to battle with on, on Saturdays and you, you understand his field. There's an empathetic side of you that can understand that or try to understand that pain and then give as much support as possible. It's, 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 a, it's a great thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> I've been – it's, it's – on that topic with the players currently, I've been proud of the program. Same here. Yep. All right. Moving on? Yeah. I mean, that's Good. It's as close to controversy as we hit on this podcast. It's been a real serious podcast. Super serious. <laughs> We've scraped the controversy. Yeah. Was just, you know, there's been some heavy things going on this year. Am I good with the last strawberry? Go for oh, it. no, no. Take it. Take Mike, it, my man. Do you like strawberry weeds? Bro, Who's, go for it. You good with the summer what, honey? I'm doing the summer honey. We've got some summer honey here. And we got some strawberry wheat. See, here this is what I've from this is what I've been missing when I suggested yeah. we do it in person. Just drink I knew Luke would drink some beer. <laughs> oh man, I miss you guys. That's right. <sighs> this is good to get back. Yeah, do it in this. person here. Um, do we want to dive into any uh, listener questions or? Yep. Any, do, before we hop, list, I mean, most listener questions I think are football based. I mean, we had some other sport related oh, yeah. topics. Should we hop? Want to hit our listener questions first, though, or what no, do we, we want can, to do? Let's let's talk about other sports real quick. And I, you know, we we probably erred by not asking James to give tribute to Timmy Falls' basketball career. But <laughs> you know, I'm bummed. I'm bummed to see Timmy step away from the team. And I, I've, he is officially in the transfer portal, but I still hear that he's not necessarily gone. Yeah, I mean. You know, and I just wish him well. Whatever's yeah. going on, I wish him well. I was a big fan of Timmy. Me too. I still am. Yeah, James is. I, I wasn't kidding. I posted on Twitter a couple weeks ago when the news that, broke, yeah. but James still has the picture that we went down to the court after they won the tournament last year, and there's him and Timmy both holding up the one, <laughs> and it's, it's the biggest grin. I mean, like Timmy's the coolest Grizz player he knows. You know, yeah. so <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, yeah, I, again, you. Such a fun guy to like watch, like distribute and pass the ball, move the ball down the court. I mean, Timmy, I mean, when he was on and feeling it, he oh, was fun. Great, great, and coming into his senior year, um, yeah, yeah. Looking at the broader picture, like again, we talk about how good this football team is going to be. The loss Timmy Falls is going to be felt, but we have so many guards, though. We have so many guards on this team, and we got bigs. We like Travis finally has some big guys. Yeah. And so, like, this basketball team, and again, will we have an out-of-conference? What will that look like? You know, uh, See, now, I think so. basketball is easier to do without fans. So, like, I feel like basketball yeah. is probably more likely to be played in a regular season. I think so. I, I mean, you even look at, like, the level. Like, if you still have to test a couple times a week, it's a lot easier to test 12 to exactly. 15 That's what I mean. guys like, every week. Like, people are sweating. They're touching each other, touching the ball. But it's easier to test 12 guys than it is to test 100 and. Yeah, so, and, yeah, so, yeah, I think the basketball season, obviously we'll have to see what it is. Lady Grizz as well. Uh, They've got a few transfers. They're killing it with some recruits yeah. and transfers. I mean, so, what was the text sharing we had? Who's who's the new recruit they got? Um, Brock Heward's kid? Oh, yeah. Or was like, yeah. are we that old that she Brock Heward's kid yeah, is going Brock to college? Brock Heward's kid, who yeah. I remember yeah. clearly <laughs> playing as a rookie <laughs> in the NFL. His daughter. Oh, no, we're that old. How many you have? <laughs> And he doesn't even look old either. No, he doesn't. 
What do you have kids when he's 16? Oh, oh my goodness. I hope. I mean, for our sake, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think I, men's basketball is going to be fascinating. And obviously, we'll just have to see how this unfolds in the next few months. Mm-hmm. But this men's hoop team could be great. And I think we also need to point out that Eastern Washington writers already assumed they were going to the tournament last year. Yeah, that's bullshit. Year. We took, I mean, we took care of that. We got him to concede. <laughs> we got him to print his article point that, yeah. <laughs> For the, I don't know if you're following Luke, but like one of the an Eastern sports beat writer mm-hmm. talked about what a rough year. COVID has been for Eastern, and they've had a rough year. Like their president quit, right? And they had some big they, money big games, T games. Miss. But he also added a bullet point that the Eastern men's hoops team was going to the NCAA's, and it was like, <laughs> well. And, they, and then some try, kind of tried to argue with us on a technicality. It's like, well, when they canceled the Big Sky tournament, they said that the winner was going. It was like, and, and they, they canceled, canceled the, the NCAA's like, two days later. Day, like, let's yeah. stop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like I kind of we we tweeted out from the account like, so they were. <laughs> bemoaning not having the opportunity to take advantage of something that they only got because something was canceled. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not that's not gonna work for us. <laughs> Sorry, Rusty and Kyler, if you're <laughs> listening. I was gonna say this yeah. is Rusty, wasn't <laughs> Rusty said he was gonna come watch us. He's not here yet. I mean, he could have rose. Well, he could have. I mean, two and a half hours to Coeur d'Alene. He could have done it. Oh, quick, quick trip, quick commute. All right. Well. I don't know. You guys watching any NBA on the basketball, the broader side? I've watched a little bit of it. It's funny because I actually haven't watched nearly as much of the NBA or Major League Baseball that I thought I would. Um, but it's also the time of the year. I mean, it's like I, I got shit to do. Like I come home and I've got a project every day. I mean, it's, it's just yeah. Ugh. And Britt and I are just busier in hell right now. So yeah. <laughs> Sell Montana out to all these damn Californians, right? Um, You know, I'm a Mariners fan, so I think we're already out of contention like two weeks in. We were out of contention before the season started. And we were like, we opened 0-2. It was great. And each game's worth six and a half games. (laughs) So, that that two-game losing streak, that hurts you. Nah, it feels pretty normal. (laughs) This this stuff is... The Mariners have lost 12? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's killing fantasy baseball. Oh, my God. Because you just don't know who's going to start day-to-day. Is it still like because I haven't played fantasy baseball in a long time? But is it still like a weekly tally? I mean, yes, there's still leagues that do weekly tally. There's still leagues, the rotisserie leagues that are season long. You know, that's a little more manageable. But still, like you fight this the battle of like who's playing today. Uh, Who knows? Did someone come down with COVID? Well, didn't who was it? Was it Cleveland or was it one of the White Sox or someone? Like sent a pitcher home because he like went to the bars with some friends. Now, like, he's out for – because it's like he's got to go get he's two good. negative tests or something. Yep, yep. <laughs> or you got – And, like, an entire, like, pitching staff has now got COVID or something. <laughs> yeah. um, Wouldn't hurt the Mariners, but, yeah. The Marlins are actually doing better with their taxi squad. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They are, aren't they? Oh, <laughs> uh, this is like uh, – It's just Derek Jeter building a winner. Yes. This is this is like a league of their own. Like, we're going to start <laughs> – Anyone who can throw a splitter can come pitch. <laughs> you in the stands, like yeah, <laughs> the cardboard cutout in the third row. All right, all right. See, I think right now would be an awesome time to work for a major league baseball team, though, because mm. you can go sit in the stands and no one's there, and you can just watch the game. Take it in. <laughs> Presumably, you could pack a couple beers in because who's checking? You know, true. Yeah, 
Security's like pesky aisle attendant. Yeah. (laughs) Excuse me, sir. You sit down. Like, excuse me, did you bring that in? Where did you come from? You don't look like you paid thirty dollars for that Coors Light. (laughs) Well, Doctor Fauci got to watch a game, the opening game in person. Oh, poor guy, missed the home plate by six feet. Oh my God, social distanced. (laughs) Bummer, bummer. It was a pretty bad opening pitch. Oh, it was rough. I've seen worse. Did you, ever see, a, did you ever see Mariah Carey's opening pitch in a Japanese league game? I think that's the only worse one I've like, ever like seen. Like it hit the ground at her feet and like rolled all the way in or something. But I guess it made it to the I'm play. okay with the country's leading epidemiologist not having an arm. Yeah. Like, in fact, He's also like 80 years old. Like it's okay. Like hey. we want our nerds running this stuff. Post 9-11, George W. Bush threw a fucking strike. Dude, that was wearing of, a bulletproof vest at Yankee Stadium. That was that one was of the badass. coolest moments, right? Like that was like, that's our fucking president. <laughs> he just like, came out there just like through a strike, dude. I mean, I know he like owned the Rangers and you know didn't really work for a long time. Yeah. But he played catch a lot. Like, you can tell. It, it was Speaking great. of, I he, read an interesting thing last week that like selling the Rangers was like the worst financial decision he ever made. Really? Because it's like they just showed like the the appreciation of Major oh. League Baseball clubs since the early nineties. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like what? What were we afraid he was gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> like, and now it's like in retrospect, it's like you know, apparently, apparently it's like. Don't divest in anything. It's like the Major League Baseball team probably would have been fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're already a monopoly. What was he going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Man. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, what do we got from our listeners? Well, let me uh, let me get this up. So we got some, we've got some eagerest questions. Mike, do you have Twitter up? Oh, I can. Yeah. Do you want me to hop into the Egris one? Sure. Go ahead and hop into the Egris. All right. All right. Let me just. Okay. Okay. So, uh, good old Egris. We've got a couple of questions. So, we are currently enjoying the, the benefits of being able to be outdoors. Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Brent just outed Luke for peeing in my dark backyard. I hope that he doesn't. Honestly, trip on though, anything. like, I, I'm on my fourth so, uh, uh, strawberry wheat so it, it's happening soon here too uh, well first question uh, how much will we miss timmy falls and uh would you still love him if he wears purple and white does that mean like he's going to weber well i know weber was really after him when he was he chose between weber and um man i I'm, i'd be bummed to see him at Weber. I'd I mean, I'd bummed. be bummed to see him in conference. Honestly. I would think he'd be more likely to go to one of the California schools. That, that's home. That's home, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that I'd, I I always I'm always bummed to see guys transfer, especially in conference. And then especially if they transfer in conference and like they they succeed quite well, you know? So it doesn't happen a lot across most sports, but if he was at Weber, that'd be Oh, that'd be rough. Yeah. Uh, Although Weaver's been kind of down of late, so who knows? Well, it's because UM's a better basketball school. <laughs> Travis DeGear's the best coach in the conference. Don't at me. Doubt. Anybody at me. Seriously. <laughs> at me. Like, yeah. Um, I'll jump to a Twitter sprinkle. one. Um, our, the aforementioned Brian Morceau. Let's say a few Big Sky teams play non-conference schedules. Which Big Sky teams would the Grizz fan pod be willing to temporarily support? Uh, hashtag GFP Vandals. <laughs> First of all, 
Oh, Brian. More UM Grizzly football players want to play in the fall than Idaho. Only one of the two programs has like had a national sports writer <laughs> do a straw poll of a team anonymously and have what like 55 of them 75 percent said they don't want to play so uh let's just hold back second of all (laughs) if we were adopting anybody shit you know it actually might be the vandals or the eagles only because i like their podcast guys (laughs) but i oh my god yeah i mean it would be fun weekend or you know, yeah. you know that's what I mean. Like so, I, Idaho. I'm gonna pick Idaho. Yeah. So, Idaho's playing Northern Iowa. It's some weird game, right? You're gonna cheer for Idaho, hundred percent, hundred percent. Especially Northern Iowa. What? Yeah, See, no, that's I would. Bad. I would probably adopt Idaho because I'd fit right in with the fan base that hates Bobby Petrino. Uh-huh. <laughs> or not Bobby, whatever Petrino it is. See, that'd be the thing. They'd lose the game anyways, right? But then you could jump on the bats. Yeah, mad. fire Petrino! Goddamn coach. <laughs> All these terrible choices. Ring the bell. Are you kidding me? Ring the bell! <laughs> you could join them in their misery. I can tell you who it's not. It's not Weber. No. It's not the Cats. Absolutely not. Screw the California teams. Yep. They're not playing anyways. I'd, I'd go Southern Utah. I'd go weird. I'd go like Northern Colorado or Southern Utah. Like the scrappy team that stands no chance and they win a game and be like, yeah, I told you so. We will look forward to your weekly scouting reports of the Northern Colorado Bears. <laughs> um, they got that one guy. That one dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going at it. What's next, Brent? <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Hang on. Got to pull it back up. We got a question from CDA, but uh, we'll come back to that. Okay. Uh, ever earned <laughs> status of being the headline in the, the questions. All right. Ooh, okay. Um, Evergrizz has a handful of questions here. How is James coping with the added pressure that comes with all the media attention as he approaches Joe DiMaggio's record-hitting streak? You know, he makes contact really well on that uh, coach pitch minor league baseball team. Um if the guys could feel a little more consistently, some of those hits wouldn't have been hits, but he probably was on base 85% of the time. Nice. I mean, he's he, on base percentage is yeah. legit. So I keep telling him, it's like making contact with the baseball is the hardest part. You know, you could figure out the making it go far and stuff like that. So, you know, he's doing well. He's definitely got some, uh, you know, media induced uh, anger issues that we're working through. A <laughs> um, little bit of a prima donna, but, you know, it's fine. When are we going to start on the, like, Push-ups, air squats, like I actually thought you were going to do it tonight. <laughs> um, you know, it would have been a good use of the time when we were in pre- pre-show prep and they were out here. You know, okay, okay. <laughs> we'll run them. We'll run them through some stuff next time. All right, Everett also wonders what is the best style of pizza crust and why is it wood-fired thin? I don't think I've ever had wood-fired thin, but I would like to. Have you ever made a wood-fire? Have you ever wood-fired pizza on your Traeger? Yeah. My wife nailed Father's Day this yeah. year, sitting behind us right there. Yeah, that's nice. Oh man, um, I expect my consultation fee in the mail. Uh, well, you know, you can take that up with her. <laughs> nothing like getting an awesome Father's Day present. Oh my god! And then paying your wife's credit card. <laughs> 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 uh, all right we're good um, but no i, I uh 
Wood fired thin crust. I could see that being really good, actually. I, I mean, Chicago deep dish though, like, and not like not like <sighs> Pizza Hut Chicago deep dish, but like deep Real. dish out of Chicago is. And as a Packer fan, I realize admitting see, anything good comes out of Chicago is, is blasphemous, but I'll do it. I I guess like I I would really need to say. I, I'd go out and try the real thing in Chicago before I make this statement. But any, let's just say, knockoff Chicago deep dish that you can buy around here no. is should go by its real name, which is dry lasagna. <laughs> mm. um, well, so I, my Father's Day, Courtney had frozen pizzas from Chicago shipped in. What? Wow. Yeah. You know what? Courtney's an all-star. Yeah. That's, uh, that's impressive. So. Thanks for the invite. You're welcome. Wow. Could have cooked them on your grill. That's I, I, I had to get a smoker because Britt never invites me to his. <laughs> Here's my thing with Thin Crust. And I, I love I'm a, uh, I love Thin Crust. But yeah. I feel like when. It's like the daily go-to though, right? It's so good. It's like, you're like flatbread, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's amazing. Uh, you go to Top Hat, eat some flatbread. Um, maybe even Paradise Falls. They have good pizza. Yeah, they do. they've they got do. good pizza. But I feel like when the crust is done right, it's it's like an additive thing with your pizza that you just can't get. Like, there's no way to do thin crust better than another. It's like, is it burnt? No. Is it thin? Yes. Like that's this that's as good as it can get. The only way to mess up thin crust crust is to burn it. But if you can do your th- your like deep dish or your, like a regular crust well, then it can amplify the overall experience, and you're never gonna get that with thin crust. That's a good point. It's interesting. You know, th- there's definitely a difference between like y- you can tell the difference when you're eating the pizza for the topping, and, or you're eating the whole thing. Yeah, because you know? it's like when shitty crust, you set it aside. But um, let's take another Twitter question here. Go for it. Which, first of all, this is a sign that we have really made it. <laughs> Because the next question is from Andrew Schmidt, a.k.a. Hey. everyone's favorite backup running back. He's mine. Who still has the <laughs> nickname the Grizzfan Pod gave him in his Twitter handle. So let's was, just uh, let's own that. He's impossible to be bullied. <laughs> I love it. He was like so excited when he heard that I'd said it on the pod. He puts it in. That's good stuff. Um, of course, his question has nothing to do with, you know. He watched Clueless the other night. So does Paul Rudd age? What do you think his secret is? First of all, this is a really good point. I think Paul Rudd has looked exactly the same for his entire acting Absolutely. career. Um, but it's the f- money. That's his secret. It's money. Um, but you know this this stemmed a little bit of a conversation in our Twitter feeds. Day uh, <laughs> Day Martin, you know, uh, another good Grizz follow um, <laughs> follows up. Did anyone find it strange that Josh and Cher? Love connection in that movie. She is like in high school and they're siblings. In law. In law. To which point that um, Andrew Schmidt pointed out, technically they're ex-siblings, which I think is him saying it's all fine. So you heard it uh, here first. Everybody's favorite backup running back <laughs> slash lawyer slash NFL agent says that Paul Rudd and uh, Alicia Silverstone dating and Clueless is just fine. No problems for me. Yeah, none. <laughs> I'm from Shelby. <laughs> no, I think he was in law school, supposedly, in right. that. So it's not like they're, like they're like five years, six years apart. 
It's weird. And they were step siblings. That's just weird. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. Yeah. But isn't it based on? See, this is we're going in the wrong direction. But it's based on like a Jane Austen novel, isn't it? I don't know. Wow, I, that's a deep cut. I don't know. I, I like one of the one of the famous ones, and so the storyline probably makes more sense. Brent, why don't you move to the next question? <laughs> Luke does not know what to say. <laughs> Loosely based on Jane Austen's. 1815 novel Emma with a modern day setting of Beverly Hills. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. So the relationship in the 1800s probably less taboo than it would be in probably just like 1990s that. California. Probably not as, I mean are we talking are we talking Protestant England or are we talking Catholic Europe? I mean cuz the divorce the you know in the 1800s there was it was a Listen, little different back then. You, know, you had to change church if you wanted to get a divorce. I, I, yeah. I, have to, I have to make a confession here. <clears throat> You've never seen Clueless. No, no, <laughs> I've seen I've seen some Clueless. <laughs> no, so uh, <laughs> early July, my grandma passed away, mm-hmm. and you know she was ninety six. Great run, by Lila Lindbergh. Um, and we're glad it wasn't COVID that got her, but. Which credit to her, she survived a scare in her nursing home. Yeah, 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 for sure. She's not me. Um, you know, yeah, I'll die another month. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, she was, she was great. Um, but her brother-in-law wrote this like family history book, and in like moving out her like things from her place and. You know, my mom and, and her sisters are going through her stuff. And, you know, we come across this, like, like printed book that he wrote about, like, family history. I'm reading through this, and I'm like, That's bottom. fascinating. It was so interesting. Wow. I loved every bit of it. The last paragraph on page one just stops me straight in my tracks. And I was like, Mom! <laughs> what the hell? In this history, so this is my great uncle tells me that his grandparents were first cousins. Oh my god! <laughs> and I was like, "Mom, you've never you failed to mention this." And she's like, "I don't really remember that." And I was like, "You don't? That didn't like hit your radar and like reverberate inside you as deeply as it is me." And so I'm Norwegian royalty, it turns out. No. Oh, <laughs> some Game of Thrones shit going yeah. on over here. Right? So bringing this back to Clueless, uh, not a big deal. <laughs> I'm not concerned, okay? All right, Grizz Fan Pod verdict is okay. 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 Cersei Alfred then, huh? <laughs> uh, oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> that's, a little, yeah, that's a little closer, yeah. Um, okay, Everett had a few more questions. Do you want the, uh, well, okay, the easy, the, uh, what is the record for the most guards on a basketball roster, and are the Grizz threatening it? I know, good point. We touched on that. Um, I, I, I feel like, unfortunately, Timmy Falls leaving probably helps Travis's playing time card. I, I remember, like, as a, because my family's all from Wisconsin, and my dad has a degree from uh, University of Madison, Wisconsin. So I follow a lot of Big Ten. There was a year where Illinois, I think they went to the Final Four, and they had like, I think they had five guards, four or five guards. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 
starting. You see um, it more in high school where it's just like you need guys to fill positions, so you've got a bunch of kids. five guards on the f- <laughs> a bunch of kids that are six foot. Um, okay, Everett's more a philosophical question. What is one place you want to see before you die? Hmm. Paris, France, for me. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. I uh, you know not the Paris of the Highland. I, you know, I think I drove through the Paris of the Highland. You once. should golf there, dude. I've heard the course is great. That'll get you up there. I'll go. Mike's been to the Paris of the Highland. I have. Mariah's <laughs> fair fun time. I bet it's not happening this year. No, oh, they postponed it. Next year they're having it, plus the all-class reunion. I was going to say, I came to the all-class reunion. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised how many Shelbyites I knew. They're everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, you are too. Yeah. Stacey and I came, loved it. Your mom loved it. We had a great time. Um, France would definitely be on the list. Um, I have never been to the Oregon coast, mm. and I've heard it's wonderful. So on a more, you know... Regional basis, <laughs> I would check that More off. More fiscally responsible base, basis. Um, you know, there are parts of this country that I've never been in. You know, uh, you know, Florida, the Texas coast. I mean, that, like there are some cool places. I'd love to spend more time in New England. So, I mean, there's a lot of places I could go on this list, even in the United States. I was thinking, like, I've never been to New York, and you just went a few years ago. Oh, man. Well, we went it. in the fall. It feels like six years ago. But Stacey and I were talking about that the other night. It was like, we're, we are so glad we snuck this trip in because it was like, did all this cool stuff, came home, holidays, COVID. COVID. <clears throat> it was just last year you went. Yeah, it was wow. the fall. Every time you stepped out of a cab or a subway, did you, like, go, In New York, <laughs> concrete jungle. Oh, see, Stacy played that in the house every time. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. no. Because she knew it annoyed me because I'm, like, anti-cliche. Like, it makes me nervous to be, like, to not fit in. It's like, you, you and I have traveled together. It's like, I do what? not like being the tourist. So it's like, I don't even want people on the plane hearing us talk about New York. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Fit in. That's amazing. <laughs> what about you? What was the question again? What place you want to see before you die? Oh, boy. Okay, I got, I got two answers. I'll take either one. Area 51. <laughs> <laughs> you and Harry read both. Yep. I mean, have you guys been following this? Like, well, they like literally said UFOs are real. They they were like we they're craft not made on this in this world. It wasn't craft. They say vehicles or like, some weird uh, word. like unidentified aerial phenomenon <laughs> or like yeah some craft. Okay, aliens. Yeah, we're getting. I don't know what's going on here, but I would like. I don't care. Like I don't want to see Alabama. Like. <laughs> I've never been there. Like, I could give a shit about Arkansas, but I want to see Area 51. Or it would be really fascinating to get, like, a really detailed tour of wherever they take the president when there's, like, a nuclear war. Mm -hmm. Like, and I want, like, engineers explain to me, like, well, this is how we take care of, like, a thousand people's human shit for 16 years. (laughs) You know, like, how do you do that? How do you scrub O2? What's the water like? Do you have plants growing down there? On a side note, if you are a person who needs a house that can give you a safe space to live for years on end, <laughs> and you have about $10 million, I have one for you in Montana. So give me a call. Front door. Yeah. 
Okay, we're talking about this off pod. Off pod. Yeah, I was like, that's all I could say on pod. <laughs> I don't have 10 mil, but I'm interested. I am killing it in That's the coolest. <laughs> I mean, like, the, yeah. Could yeah. we do a GFP in their, their bunker? I mean, we could ask. <laughs> it's not in Missoula, right? This, I think it this is not in Missoula. Yeah, yeah, it is not in Missoula. This, okay. this is when we were going to see at one point, but the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. so I know where it is. Yep. Okay. So, so yeah, either Area 51, I want to know about the aliens, or like where they take the president when all shit hits the fan. See, I think that stuff fascinates me, the whole kind of inner, like, how does it work? Like, today I was watching President Trump's uh, press conference, and Secret Service came right up right, and there was took like him off because outside. there was a yeah. shooting outside the White House. Yep. And everyone, like, they locked down, so the camera's showing all the news media, like, trying to look out the windows, and it's like, nobody knows what's going on. Then he comes back, and it's like, oh, someone got shot outside. But it was fascinating, because it's like, you know, the Secret Service guy just walks up, he's like, we're going to go. And Trump's like, like, what? What? And then he's like, oh, <laughs> Secret Service guy just walked up. It's time to go. <laughs> yeah, man. I would love to know the, just the engineering. Like, mm-hmm. how do you scrub the CO2? Like, what, you know, all that stuff. Just the engineering behind how you would build that, how much money goes in to building it. It's all worth it. Again, if you know somebody who's got $10 million and wants this, call me. $10 million. Yeah. Get out of here. Well, I mean, I'm rounding. Okay. Okay. Down. Down. <laughs> Down. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a seller's market, is yeah. what you're telling me. <laughs> uh, that's Everett's questions. All right. I, got, I got one more. I mean, uh, Grizz Till I Die is wondering what our fall plans look like without Grizz football. Well, I'm going to do more fall camping than I've ever done, I think. I mean, might as well. We'll see. I don't have a camper, so fall camping in a tent is probably not. Early fall. Early fall. we still got to set one up. I'm going to golf my ass off. No, I think good. I'm just going to golf until it starts snowing. I don't know what else. If we get an early winter, I'm going to be pissed. Right? Like, it snows November 1st. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. That'd be terrible. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just going to work. Because we'll be done by, <laughs> by Thanksgiving. Oh, right. Because the schedule this year. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to try to get all my all my classes lined up, put online, because I'm just fully anticipating this power moving yeah. virtual at some point. Yeah. I mean, that's us. I mean, like. I've got three kids. I've got a high schooler, an eighth grader, and a, a third grader. So um, I anticipate we'll be doing a lot of mixed home and out-of-home schooling, too. So, you know, I'm sure it's going to be it busy is, in its own way. It is hard to be a parent right now and plan. <laughs> <clears throat> well, and then me, I've got my high school age kid is in the Missoula County Public School, and my to elementary middle school age kids are not so we have yeah. very different schedules and so it's it's challenging <laughs> but it is what it is ask me again what i'm going to do this fall what are you going to do this fall i don't have kids i'm going to do anything <laughs> i want so you are going to take one of james's homeschool days great <laughs> yeah. perfect he'll be very excited you guys can go on adventures i'm actually i i, I would hey. do that yeah that would, we could have fun there season five modern warfare just started last weekend right <clears throat> yep you burn through it oh man <laughs> He'll have an education, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Probably better than what he's getting on the Ghost Channel, on Travel Channel, that you guys all heard him talk about. Oh, we're going to watch Ghosts. <laughs> I had a little story on that. Mm-hmm. Right, we're we're kind of free-firing here. I did an underground tour in Sacramento years ago. Oh, really? And it's, it, you know, it wasn't the best. It was a little underwhelming. 
like seeing other ones, but um, they had a funny story where it's actually, I mean, like, honestly, going into basements of buildings in downtown Missoula was the same experience. Mm -hmm. And you kind of learn some interesting things about architecture uh, and, of course, at the time, wooden boardwalks. So a lot of basement spaces were, the windows were kind of like open air, so to say, and, and so businesses were down in basements a bunch. And so, but they told us a funny story that in one of the buildings, which um, they, someone put like a coffin, a wood coffin up, like a pine wood box kind of coffin as like a prop. And it was like two years old. And one of these ghost hunter shows came through with like a psychic. And they're like, oh, this is, this is old. This is old people. And they're like, they're talking to me. And they, they like, they like dwelled on this thing. They're like, this was the, you know, the gray, the coffin that held up bank robber. I'm blah, blah, blah. And they're just going to, and all like the, Died of syphilis. Yeah, like all, <laughs> all like the like the whatever either the employees of the Sacramento Underground tour are just like, This is so much bullshit. This coffin's <laughs> like two years old and it's a prop. And so it's I, left over know, from Halloween. I'm not gonna ruin James's dreams here, but it was kind of funny because they were well, talking about that. He watches like... another he watches a cartoon <laughs> called The Loud House. And they literally had a show that made fun of ghost hunters the other day. <laughs> and like the, the whole point is like these little kids figure out that the show is fake. And I was like, do you think your shows are fake? He's like, no. And I was like, how are you not seeing the parallel? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. A um, couple more. We kind of touched on this. Nate Little asked, how many guys will bail on UM for an SBS program? I really think that in the next two days we're going to learn that no one's playing football except maybe a couple of the Power Fives. So I don't know that any will. But we'll see. I hope not. It'd be I, bad. I, the only thing I think is like January, February, if we have a couple of departures. I, I actually think Power Five is going to play. Well, big, isn't Big Ten? Big Ten is big, out. Big Ten's out, but I think SEC, ACC. I think those two are playing and that's it. Uh, and I, there's just literally... Like north of a billion dollars online on the line, you you could test every player twice a day and you know, still and, make money. And the SEC and the ACC would say it's that, a different you know, universe. The champions only come from those conferences anyway, so what's the matter? I, I <laughs> totally think we're gonna get football from the FBS, but I think because and I'd be all right with it. Yeah, and and but I think because there's so few teams that players like our best players will be competing against the best players from every other conference across the country. And while I do think, you know, we have some future NFL guys on our, on our squad, I don't think they'll get the same consideration. I think that the unknown will hold some people back, like yeah. transferring just to transfer, but you don't know what's going to be there either. True. Yep. We'll see. Um, Jamie Robinson asks, "Do we all show up on would have what would have been game day openers and tailgate anyway, <laughs> just for fun? Invite no. the team, the band, <laughs> cheer squad, Monty, <laughs> Has, mask and hand sanitizer, of course. Uh, no, I will tell you, no. the tailgate is too much work not to have football. Um, Honestly, <laughs> the only refreshing thing about the fall, this fall season, as someone who's run a tailgate party for." 
20 years has been to not have yeah. to run a fucking yep. tailgate party. Yep. <laughs> I okay. don't know. Yeah, we, we made the decision to cancel our tailgate party months ago. Oh, I paid for mine, but... Well, we did, too, to hold the spot. Yeah, you gotta hold the spot. I don't mind giving the... Yeah. What would you guys do if, if this springs up organically? Uh, like a tailgate somewhere out in the county. <laughs> We're going to play. River Valley. Yeah, it's going to be county. in the Ravalli Yeah, it's not going to be in this county. <laughs> but we're going to watch the you know 95 championship game on a big screen there's going to be a big tailgate um social distancing guidelines encouraged i mean if they could keep people far enough apart i'm i i think so much of their events are case by case like yeah. i mean like as a case in point the paddleheads formerly the osprey sure. have been doing summer things all year well all summer where they've shown movies, they've done fireworks. Uh, it's masks. You have lanes. They they designate areas, and they're six foot. I'm, and they've sold concessions. They've sold they've sold beer. They and it. I've been to a few. People it, seem it's to really fine. be enjoying them. Uh, but it's like in that baseball stadium that holds what a couple thousand. Yep. There's like four hundred people there, tops. So I mean, but and they just. I don't know. The, the one big thing I took away from all that was their video screen's actually a little bit better definition than I remember it to be. But, I think they got a uh, new one. I think we that was one of the things and we that the new owner brought <laughs> yeah. for this guy that bought a team to uh, never get a baseball uh, game. Oh God, yeah. Different conversation. Yeah, so, <clears throat> I, mean, you, I mean, if they did something like that, it'd probably be... I think the trick is just like, we like live tweeted it from like the Root Sports broadcast just like three months ago. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think people love us just the opportunity to get together. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting fall. All right. Silvertip Nation says, would you rather one, college football completely canceled for the next two years, two. or two, Grizz are able to play a full season with full attendance the next two years, but lose to the cats to keep them out of the playoffs for both years. <laughs> what? No. Well, I mean it's absolutely the second one because you'd still get to watch you'd still get six home games. You'd still I right mean, like so the university's in a better position because there's no like, either or has to have something enticing in one or the other. So it's like if I'm going to pick two shit sandwiches, I'm going to at least pick the shit sandwich where you make some money. Silvertip needs to get on the CD. First, level. thanks for the question, Silvertip. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, thanks for the question. Yeah, <laughs> I think I picked two. I mean, the the reality yeah. of being a fan is sometimes. You know, it, it hurts. And while that hurts, it's better than not having a season. Yep. Yep. Um, let's see. Fight on Montana asks. And Fight on Montana is a uh, another Grizz podcast. Um, I've checked yeah. him out a little bit. He's kind of a one-on-one, does interviews. Interesting. Um, he says, what happens to the players that have entered the transfer portal and are going to another team if the M- FBS cancels or postpones spring, do they get to go back to their FCS team? So we kind of touched on this, but it's like, this is why I think that players aren't going to be as quick to transfer is just the unknown. I mean, I I think until they sign the dotted line, they technically can go back, but most football coaches kind of like, if you enter the portal, you're, you're no longer on the team. The coaches have the ability to pull the scholarship in the roster spot. If you enter the portal now, could the coaches take the player back? Could they offer the scholarship back? Sure, but I think, you know, realistically, in that time frame that you're existing on the portal, 
your original coach has to move forward like you're not going to be there. They might yeah. offer your scholarship to someone, someone else, else and they would be perfectly rational to do so. So No, I mean, yeah, and it wouldn't be a petty thing. It's like you got to you got to feel the team. Yep. I think it's just I think that the next year are just so many unknowns for all of this. Eligibility, players, just all of it. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I suppose if you have any affinity for where you're at currently, you'll probably stay. Unless I, you're just miserable. I would assume so. Yeah. So Brent wandered off into the darkness to take a leak, and my I'm, backyard's not that big. Most of my lot is in the front yard, so I don't I don't know where he went. <laughs> oh, good, oh, he's returning. Oh, here he goes. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, we were talking about <laughs> ghost hunters earlier. <laughs> so the other thing about my backyard is I kind of live on a peninsula. So... Three sides of my house face streets. And so Luke and Brent are pissing in the backyard next to other people's front yards. Listen, if anyone has a night vision home security camera with an extremely focused lens, they're still going to have a hard time <laughs> seeing anything. I waved at the neighbors, to be safe. Yeah. I waved, they were outside, you know, it was fine. <laughs> Oh man! Hey, I think I think that's it for the Twitter questions. Okay, I got one more from CDA. <clears throat> so you got to pick one. We obviously know the one we're going to pick. But. <laughs> Can I so, ask CDA question first? <laughs> sure. Do you have like lakefront property? That's a great question. Because if you do, we need to do a GFP. We need to do a GFP at Lake Coraline. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> A little bit hey, of a grimace first of all, across the, the table the continued here. questions. <laughs> Luke is really about protecting and our uh, fans. No, I think he's a cool dude. I think we need to visit him sometime anyway. Just, all right, it fair. It sounds fun. Fair. It sounds fair. fun. I don't care if you're on the lake or not. All right, so CDA uh, gives us one of two options. Option one, the Grizz missed the playoffs the next three years. Oh, that sucks. Or... The Grizz win the national championship next year, <clears throat> but you have to duct tape dust pans to both of your hands for a year, <laughs> and you only get to eat BLTs for a year. You have to shovel the BLTs in your mouth with the dustpan hands. Breakfast, dustpan BLT. <laughs> Lunch meeting with a client, tough luck because it's dustpan BLT. <laughs> Shaking hands on a huge closing. Hope the dude likes dustpans with mayo. <laughs> you can't eat anything else for an entire year, and your dustpan hands only come off when the final whistle blows in the national championship game. Oh my god. <laughs> dustpan hands. You can get some like hybrid where we're like in rollerblades wearing a thong with dustpan hands. You just go for like a month and you're good. He's okay. be like, yeah, these are all cumulative, by the way. Okay, do you think. He doesn't mention whether or not I can be forthright with people on why I'm doing this. Let me see. He does not. Oh, that's a failure. Okay, but, loophole. But I feel like if if you could be if you could say why you're doing like if you could be like, listen, this is for the Grizz. <laughs> They'd be like, hell yeah. Well, yeah. most of them would. Yeah, I mean, I I work on campus. I think oh, get everybody would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I might get a free BLT. From time to time. They'd be like, hey, make it too. From Doc's sandwich <laughs> shop, right? Like, Doc's would sling me an extra, you know, half sandwich. Take him one for the team. <laughs> yep. Oh, my gosh. So you can't really operate a computer. I have to stop playing video games. 
Damn, my wipe your ass. <laughs> oh, you yeah. need to get a bidet. You need to get a bidet. All right, that's true. What else can't you do? You can't. Things golf, we can't like talk about on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you could still spank your kids. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> yeah, and then I'd go to jail. You spank your kid with what? A dust no, pad? you don't understand. They're attached to my hands. I hit them with a BLT. <laughs> could you drive? With your knees, but not legally. Okay, yeah. Could you could your do wrists your, your wrists? So repeat I mean, the question. I would avoid main streets. I'm gonna say you have C- to duct tape them to your hands. CDA. So that's the thing. It's like, is the pan like uh, like? Does it align with like the edge of your fingers, or is it like the handle so the pan extends? Okay, dude, I'm doing it. You're doing it. I'm doing it. I'm I'm gonna do it. I I could eat sloppily. I don't mind. I'm not. My wife is He's licensed to sell real estate, so I'll just be a stay-at-home dad, and she can do all the work. And okay. I'll okay. feed my kids BLTs. Mike, you're not going to do yep. it. Found my limit. Not doing it. <laughs> well. Go fight win. Go fight win. <laughs> this is the two Grizz fans and a kind of <laughs> podcast. Poser. Yeah. <laughs> Been faking it this I whole don't time. Know, I guess. It'd be so hard to drink things. It would suck. Like, I mean, the benefit would be I'd lose the weight I need to lose because you can't fucking do anything. Maybe the Google glasses would get really good so you could use your eyes to, you know. Oh, there you go. Fuck. It's hiring an assistant. Another. (laughs) (laughs) We could start a a chauffeur. We could start a GoFundMe. You know, to hire an assistant for you, Mike. To guarantee Grizz Championship? (laughs) Yep. I mean, I guess that's the good point is that he didn't put the disclaimer that you can't tell anybody, so this one would be easier to be like, dude, like like I'm doing this for a reason. It's like, I need three people. Like, I need a chauffeur, I need a personal assistant, and I need, you know, whatever else. And uh, it it will guarantee a Grizz Championship. Missoula. You would be a a hero. Imagine the statue, just you standing boldly with two dustpan hands <laughs> with a touchdown. I like it. So what do you think eventually touchdown. in the future that it gets torn my down statue for? would get torn down for? <laughs> also things we shouldn't talk about on the pod. <sighs> Luke has so many answers, none of which are acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Anything else? (laughs) Oh man, Uh, it is so fun to hang out with you guys. Oh god, I'm so glad we did this one in person. (laughs) It's just not the same on Zoom. Oh, this is perfect. (laughs) And thanks for everyone who listens. Yeah, and if you stay till the very end, you know. You are going to miss football as much as we're going to miss yes. football, but we'll try and come up with ways to get through it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever those may be. We'll have to have a hell of a tailgate when we get all meeting. <sighs> yeah, oh my God. it'll be a yeah. good one. COVID-free. Yeah. All right, well, if we know you, we'll see you soon. If not, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Go Grizz. Fight on. Fight on.